I do wish there was anything in my life that even came close to the happiness eight-year-old me got from a McDonald's Happy Meal, though. Imperial Schools of Our Podcast. I'm Josh Fullman. And I'm Jay Baxter. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. We are pulling up to the order window in the McDonald's drive-thru lane, and Mom is about to lay down the Happy Meal order of all Happy Meal orders. Jay's favorite NES game ever, and one I had somehow yet to check off my bucket list. Nintendo's epic 1990 release of Super Mario Bros. 3 on the Nintendo Entertainment System. Emulation Disclosure... I played in the Nestopia RetroArch Core on my PC with my NES Advantage piped in. Thank God I did not try to go OG hardware. I'd have broke my Nintendo on World 8 <laughs> and still never have beaten it. So that was a good choice on my behalf. Jay, how did you play? Uh, I played uh, via the Nintendo Switch with the classic NES uh, controller that you can buy for it. So Nintendo will be happy to hear you are a subscriber. Please rate and review the podcast. <laughs> be part of the ISOH movement. Give us validation on the podcast platform of choice. Are your choice and in the form of a rating or review, and we'll read it on the pod. What are we jamming on now? What, or rather, how much Diablo are you jamming on now, right now, Jay? Considering I played for an hour this morning before we started podcasting, <laughs> I, I, I was playing last night. I went out. We were we were playing Divinity Sin last night, and I went. I was like, I'm going to check if, if Jay's playing. It was like maybe 10:30. I'm like, I'm going to check. I'm just going to switch over and check if Jay's playing Diablo right now. And it actually said you you were watching Hulu, which surprised See, me a great deal. I had just logged off. And surprisingly <laughs> enough, I had a couple coworkers who had like invited me to a party 10 minutes after I logged off, like, hey, we need your help in Diablo. I was like, oh, I just logged off to do other things, but otherwise I'm down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's taken over for everyone. It's uh it is a freaking blast. I've been, you know, I played all the way through Diablo 3 with Courtney, and we had a blast. That was a few years ago, obviously. And you know, since then, outside of Elder Scrolls Online, her and I really like different kinds of games. Like I'm a, I like shooters, I like uh, PVP. I like, you know, different kinds of games. She likes a lot more chill games like time of Portia, those kind of games as well. Uh, more like animal crossing. But when we knew four was coming out, we Is said, she yeah, still playing animal crossing. No, not anymore. Not anymore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, those kind of more relaxing type of games. She, sure. she kind of likes those cozy kind of games, but Diablo four is a whole new, whole new game. And, yeah, having a blast. I'm playing as a sorcerer, which I always have to do. You know, I always have to start with a sorcerer because I that's how I know if I like a game or not. Because I got to be able to be magical and shoot from a distance. Um, she's playing a druid. So, yeah, it's it's so good, man. They, they found a way to, in my opinion, flawlessly execute the feeling of this being both multiplayer and single player at the same time. Like, whenever you go in dungeons and, and almost like delve type things, like... It's your own instance, you and your party. Um, but when you're in the open world, there's world events and things like that that pop off and you see other people riding around so you can, you know, tackle these hard things together with other people. And it's just, it's just really well done. There's level scaling. So the different areas of the map, you go into it and it kind of tells you like from this level to this level, you should kind of be to go in there. So there's actual difficulty and like other games where you can kind of just go anywhere and smash anything depending on what your level is. And so it's just... Man, if you've ever if you've never played a Diablo game, this is the time to try. It is it's so good. 
It's it's a lot. It's the first game in a while that I've woken up like, yeah, I want to play that. Like, let's go play that. Like, who's playing right now? And I've had multiple friends now, like, who started playing the game as well. So I'm going to be making different characters to play with them also. I see the I've seen a few like rating summations and stuff. It seems like the the feedback is good. Oh, dude, it's solid. It is solid. It's uh, yeah. I I don't even know what else to say about it. everything's good. The only thing that's weird is like their prices in the shop. Like if you want to buy skins and stuff, are pretty high. But with with this game, it's not necessary. Like if you play Fortnite or something like that, and you only have like your the base skin, like you're kind of incentivized. Like hey, go spend money, get a different look that you like. But this game, you get so many especially if you play on veteran tier or higher, like you get quality drops. And if you salvage them, it unlocks different items, looks item looks. So you often have the, the ability to like change the way you look. And it's, it's just so good, man. It's so good. <laughs> I can't keep, I can't sing his praises enough to be honest with you. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, it's fucking, is, so is there like, what's different? Like than three. Yeah, it's I mean, the story is great. Like the story has us captivated. You know, some games, it's just kind of like, whatever, let me get past the story. I just want to smash things and kill things. And obviously the killing things is fun, but the story is really good. It's expansive. Like the graphics are amazing. Like even just the open world level and every time you go into dungeon stuff, the graphics. I mean, I haven't even seen a screenshot. I don't think is it does it. How is the view? It's yeah, it's three like D like you're zoomed out so your character's smaller you can see the the whole world around you and so like I I'm used to playing different games where you can kind of zoom into your character and see close but you don't need to do that here because you want to be able to take everything in and see the hordes coming at you from hell and things like that. So that's very so. Diablo, yeah. That that's, oh, yeah. that was my that's yeah. my like I don't know concern whatever but like you know I think the push is to do that to you know to zoom in and get closer to first person or incentivize people to uh, embrace that kind of feature you yeah, know in a world here. where you can move back and forth you know and like yeah that's that's not in my mind what Diablo should be but no they didn't they my, didn't my which opinion. is fantastic I, I kind of expected that and I'm like oh they didn't do that but it, it allows for I guess so much more detail everywhere else. Cause even when you look at your character and change things and you obviously view your character up close to do that, it's the graphics are amazing. Like I, I love changing that. I'd never thought that that would be something I cared much about to me. It's like, like, yeah, I want to kill things and move on and experience the story. But yeah, it's, it's, it's still Diablo. Like it's still what you think, but just advance in a way that's still fun, that gives you what you want, but in a better way, more interesting ways, you know, different weapon wise and just, yeah, there's so much to it. There's so much going on, but it's not one of those overwhelming feelings like there's so much in this game. I'm not sure what to do. It's just like, yes, I want to do all. I want to do all the side quests. The side quests are a part of the stuff. They're a part of the story. They feel like things that I want to do, not things I just want to skip, like go pick some flowers so I can make this fucking this special, <laughs> this special yeah, drink for my loved rosary. one. Yeah, like <laughs> so. Yeah, man. It, it in every way, it's awesome. So if you at all. If you don't mind killing the hordes of hell and and, and going through that kind of a storyline and just the the open world story, like it's it's for you. So here's here's the real question, Jay: Is Diablo Four good enough that you have not played any Elder Scrolls Online since we last recorded for this podcast? Absolutely, 
Absolutely. <laughs> I, I have not touched it. Honestly, I'm finally at the point where I am, I'm going to stop paying for ESO online. I'm pretty much done. Like, they have the new Necrom chapter coming out for ESO. And I know even on the raid team that I play with, there's a couple of buddies of mine who are like, yeah, I'm taking a break until the new Necrom chapter comes out because they're, they're releasing a new class and Arcanist. But I'm... I'm kind of over the storylines there. Like, I like the community and all that aspect, but I've done all the dungeons, all the delves, all the freaking vet trials. And I'm kind of just over it. So, you know, that you should, there's, there's good. probably got to, no, I shouldn't say there probably, there's, a, a, of course, a way to, I mean, you, you know, you have a, a pretty comparable, you're, you're probably mostly playing, yeah, is ESO cross platform or no? You say it is? Or no, no, unfortunately. Okay. So there you go. So, I yeah. mean, you already have, they're already, the community that you play with in ESO is already Xbox based so really all you have to do and i imagine diablo is cross-platform anyway, oh it's but the, yeah yeah so the you just ha- i mean you just have to create some sort of group incentivization to mass uh, <laughs> exit move those yeah, people max exit, exodus them over over to diablo <laughs> it seems like a pretty natural transition <laughs> yeah i don't know some some of those people are pretty diehard they're like excited people taking off work for that i'm like i, I don't know guys i've been playing this game for years i'm kind of done with it there's not they're not adding any more new... I mean, they're adding new things, but not enough to keep me wanting to keep doing that. Right. So, I don't know. There's enough people at work and, like, Jesse and others, friends who want to play that game. And I'm like, I I got a good community going into Diablo. So, it'll be good. <laughs> word. Uh, word, word. I, I would say the only other game that I've played outside of that, because it's really just been Diablo 4 and work, Mortal Kombat 11, man, coming back for it. Uh, I've... I've just heard someone talking about this, I think. Or maybe, is there a Street Fighter that just came out too? Yeah, Street Fighter Six just came out. Which, okay, yeah. funny enough, I had every intention of buying Street Fighter Six the minute it came out. Because I was like, man, Street Fighter Five wasn't on Xbox. With Street Fighter Six coming out, I was super looking forward to that. But when I realized Mortal Kombat 1 was being released later, like, I don't know. Over the years, Street Fighter, I was always a little more of a fan of Street Fighter than Mortal Kombat. But... Like, as a kid, like, growing up in the first generations of Mortal Kombat Street Fighter. But lately, like, I've played through Mortal Kombat 9 and 10 and 11. And 11 was so good from a story perspective. It's really the stories. Like, Street Fighter is just fun to fight. And Mortal Kombat is fighting good. I mean, fighting as well. But the stories are so much better. They're so much deeper and richer. And so, I really just jumped back into that to kind of just, like, remind myself, you know, what the fighting styles and everything were in preparation of the new Mortal Kombat 1 coming up. I mean, so let me ask you this, Josh. How, for you, how into the Mortal Kombat series were you as a kid? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's, you were sitting there saying, I was like, that would be a fun little, like, uh, just a tangent episode is just like to do some sort of comparison of Street Fighter 2 and Mortal Kombat. Cause that was, you know, yeah, that was such a thing. I mean, we, we've talked about that for something before. I remember we, we got into Mortal Kombat about for some reason or another. Um, on one of these episodes within the last God knows how long ago probably, it was. But, probably me playing through it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that might have been it. Yeah, it could have just been a, uh, what we're playing now thing. Either way, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I was a Genesis kid, and I was, it, you know, I was late to Genesis too. so, like, me getting a Genesis came real close to more that Mortal Kombat thing happening. And, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, if you fucking know me, I was the same way in a younger version as I'm now, like, you know, Fuck you! I want Mortal Kombat. Give me that blood. Street fight. Street fighters for bitches. Yeah, I mean, like for kids. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I was absolutely. I was all over Mortal Kombat, and yeah, I mean, I agree. Like the the lore of Street Fighter 
is not nearly as interesting. I also don't think I embraced it as much because I mean I do know you know there's like I know Guile had like there's a there is some shit going on there that I don't know everything about. So there you know I don't want to say it doesn't have it, but certainly the uh, the story world of Mortal Kombat just inherently lends itself to the shit I'm into. The you know the mm-hmm. kind of darker and more like I don't know. Just higher stakes, I guess, really, if you look at it from just, like, the most basic storytelling perspective. Yep. It's higher stakes. It's about afterlife and, like, gods and stuff. It just has more going on than just dickheads who are good at kung fu. Right. <laughs> and know, so and just like, let's have, go fight. Yeah. From right, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, w- I was without question Mortal Kombat aligned. And I, I mean, I stuck with it. I won, I owned, and, like, knew every fucking thing about and w- was incredible. I never played in the arcades because fucking I... That terrified me. I've talked about that before. But uh, at home, I was very good on Genesis with it. And uh, Jab had Street Fighter 2 also, the championship edition for Genesis. So we nice. you know, we played both. Uh, but I played a lot more Mortal Kombat. And then I think 2, I didn't own it. That was just as I was kind of a little bit skewing away from fucking Fighting. Genesis and okay. more in the N64, I think. But I do remember playing it. I remember being at a kid's house and we were playing it. And I remember the reptile. So, yeah, I mean, I was kind of into it. But, yeah, I never really got past the uh, all sudden done really got past Mortal Kombat 2 as far as, like, really being into it, you know. So you didn't probably – have you played any of the recent I haven't ones? played any of the modern oh, ones, man. no. Fighting yeah. games, I just did. I, I played – I think I ended up playing through, like, Mortal Kombat 3 – and then maybe four, and then there was a couple I missed, like five, six in there, and I just kind of missed five, six, seven, just because of life. And then, yeah, I came back in nine, 10, 11. So good from a story perspective that, like, I'm excited that they're coming out with Mortal Kombat 1, even though... Yeah, what do you... Despite, what do you, you keep yeah. saying that. What does that mean? What do you mean? So, just despite the numbering... No, no, no. Despite the numbering, it is a direct sequel to Mortal Kombat 11. It's a... Like, I don't want to spoil the story, but it does... It involves time and, like, reversing time and, like, Liu Kang. I mean, you see it in the commercials. Liu Kang becomes a god and he's, like, the new god who gets to remake the world because of all the stuff that happened in Eleven. So Mortal Kombat 1 is kind of, like, even though it's it's numbered one, it is a sequel to everything that happened in Eleven. So that's why I'm like, oh, I can't wait for this to come out now. I put, my, I, I put buying Street Fighter on the shelf. After buying Diablo, I'm like, Diablo and then Mortal Kombat. I will get the Street Fighter. But, like, I cannot <laughs> wait for more Mortal Kombat. And so I had to jump back into 11. Obviously, I played through those stories again, I said. But I, I really just wanted to jump into the PvP aspect and kind of, like, get my feet wet there again and see, like, all right, when 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 the new one comes out, like, how much can I compete with the online people in terms of, like, actual fighting? So I, I kind of uh, want to see that. That's, that sounds just, oh, God. Dude, it's... Yeah, I, I feel like I don't... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it has some level of, like fucking you know matching you to the right competition yeah. level but it just sounds like i mean again it, oh yeah honestly what it's doing it is it is channeling the feeling of standing on the periphery of an arcade looking at kids playing mortal Kombat in a cabinet and going no i'm not yeah. no i'm not walking <laughs> my quarter on that machine there's no way <laughs> yeah i mean the, the fun the funny thing about it is that you get to kind of adjust your skills and like your loadout so to speak for for pvp purpose so you don't get to use every skill you can't just throw whatever you want in there there's limitations to kind of balance it out so that you're not really walking in op and so i'm interested in kind of digging into that a little more because even when i played through 11 the first time i didn't really do much like pvp online like i did a couple casual matches but you know that wasn't really my jam but i kind of missed the feeling of sitting on the couch 
with my cousins or whoever and playing against them and going to the arcades. Because to me, the arcades was like a big part of it. Like, I, you don't know you don't know how you're going to stack up against the people you play against. So it's kind of like, hey, let, let's see how that goes. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's you, you know, it's for you, you say that. And it's, I mean, I, I like I said, I clocked that Street Fighter 2, people tweeting it about or something. And like, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like it it has to have changed and evolved so much. Like I feel like if I sat down and looked at it, I wouldn't even know what I'm looking at. I feel like it's there has to it's it, like you mentioned the whatever changing stats or something for multiplayer. Like mm-hmm. I feel like the, the, I feel like just the whole system of it, or I wonder, I guess, what the whole system of it has to have become because I feel like it can't be the simplicity of what it was in 1993. Like I feel like the fighting genre. I mean, I'm talking about like the way fighting yeah. games are carried out. Like it's been so long since I played one that I really don't know. And I feel like it has to be, it has to have evolved. It can't. And that's part of maybe part of why I haven't engaged in any of it, even for like just fuck around purposes is because I like, I like mm. that sounds so boring. <laughs> you know, like the image I have in my mind of a 1993 fighting game, like it just does nothing for me sitting here today, you know, right. so, but I'm, I'm sure that there has been modernizations and changes and whatever that, you know, whatever make it more interesting. So, it's interesting to hear that there is some, you know. Yeah, they definitely found a way to keep that basic, it's a fighting game spirit with also updating and modernizing some things that really make you, like, stick with it, you know. It's I mean, do they even, so- I feel like also, because, you know, the whole thing with Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter 2 of the time, like, you, you know, remembering those fucking moves, and it's like, I feel like that can't possibly be, like, they can't possibly ask me on an Xbox controller to, like, fucking hold A and fucking swing back from bottom to left and then hit C or what I feel like it I feel like it can't be like that anymore right? it, <laughs> it feels like I don't really have trouble hitting the move combinations like they're like it, but, it doesn't what really I'm saying have, is I feel like they can't even have those anymore no they it still have, still? Like, you still have yeah. bun combinations you gotta hit to really? do stuff for sure okay. but it's not like I there was definitely a point where some of them were getting complex you know and you're like oh man I, it's not like that they they even have and I know Street Fighter, Street Fighter implemented a system where it's even simpler. Like you have like basic. I don't, I'm no, I'm going to get the 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 classifications wrong, so, so somebody can call me on it. But they have like classic <laughs> controls. Then they have like modern controls, and there's like a an in between, so that you can definitely yeah. It it's they they made sure to make it inclusive for everybody, so you can kind of jump in if you're used to like everything classic. You know, every kind of button combination you can come up with a more limited system where like you only use a few of the buttons and like they're simpler combinations. Yeah. It's, they, they found a way to kind of, kind of cut through that. So you can okay. play it any way you want. It's pretty great. Word, word, word. Okay. Yeah. But that's it, man. That has been my gaming so far. Diablo, Mortal Kombat 11. What else is there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's some shit. There's a few things. I've, I've played a few things that are not either of those titles. So. All right. All right. Do tell. I finished Moss Book Two. I think I just downloaded it and started fucking with it last time, so I finished yeah. that. And it is a, it's just a, it's a gorgeous video game, dude. Like, it's some of the best. And I played, you know, I played the demo of that first one, and I kind of felt. I think I might have mentioned, you know, it's it's one of those you just hit the button and you do various. It's kind of a Witcher Three in that regard. You just like mm-hmm. hit the button and like that turns into different sword combinations you know so it's just kind of a little bit of a whacker as far as the actual battle mechanics of it so i thought it was a little overly simplistic when i was first playing it so i was surprised to find this to be true but the i think the boss battles are some of the 
like a top five boss battle game of all time, like that I've ever played. Like they are so well done and I don't know, interesting. The mechanics are all so different and so well implemented and felt so good too. Sometimes when things get like interesting and complicated, you know, the, the, it's it doesn't feel good. Uh, yeah. And they found a way to merge those two things. Great. Uh, so yeah, the boss battles are fucking incredible. It's absolutely beautiful. Pretty good puzzles, I would say. There's some pretty good completionist shit that I really enjoyed. There's yeah, so there's so like I finished the game and there was a handful of scroll. There's like four, I think forty eight of them, eight per stage. Oh, six times eight, I think. So six stages, eight in each one. Um, and or no, is that eight? Nine. That's nine times eight, right? Why can I do math right now? Nine times eight is seventy two. <laughs> right. So eight. Yeah. So six times eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyways, they so they <laughs> so they. You get these things, and they're like, they make up these beautiful glass-stained windows in kind of the main... I don't want to say it's a hub, because it, it's not like it, it's not that simple, but it's like the main castle that you pass through uh, a reasonable amount has these beautiful glass-stained windows, and you get these little things that, that fill out and replicate like a little model version of those, and it's just really cool way to do completionist bullshit but there's also this dust shit that you just get from like random vases that you smash and shit and there's 350 of these in the fucking game <laughs> so you can't you get it from everywhere and I'm, st- I'm still missing six of these fucking things so i went dude i went back in and like i spent like a whole day trying and like you can't even i've talked about it before you can't these games the, the, one of the really interesting things about vr gaming right now at least with the quest i don't know if this is applicable to the more i'm sure it's not but the with the quest games you know there's just not as much shit out there. You, there's not a million walkthroughs and a million FAQs and a million videos. There's just not. There's only a handful. So like, I'm like, I'm like, I got like a video of a French guy doing a full playthrough, going on my phone, and I'm like, and like, you know, it's not all encompassing. And he's just like, kind of showing you where some of the stuff is. And I'm like, I basically, I spent all day, and I'm still missing fucking two of these things. Dude. It was hilarious, <laughs> man. It was hilarious how frustrated I was. I was like, God damn it, I'm like searching everywhere, and there's just no solution. It's just, it's just such a, it's so counterintuitive to how modern everything yeah. works, that just every answer is available to you at all times, you know? So it's just so funny to me that, I don't know, because it's, it's kind of replicating that it's like 1990, 1990 gaming. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, that 1990 <laughs> feeling of like, I, there is, I don't know the answer, man. <laughs> Sorry, figure it out, know, or, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, so... So yeah, I would I haven't deleted up my system because I, I keep telling myself I'm gonna go back in and find those two. And it's like <laughs> that's so pathetic that I have any sensation oh to do that. But it is a beautiful world, and being in there at, at all is 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 fun and good. And yeah, and it does. You know, the last level, man, is like it plays with gravity and shit, and it's just it's so good, dude. It's such a good, nice. beautiful game. Uh, worth the thirty if you pay full price. Like so I got it for eighteen, so I mean that was a fucking deal and a half. Nice. Playing that and then Divinity Sin Two. Your favorite game? I, ha- I hate this game, dude. <laughs> I hate this game. It's so fucking broken. It fu- like it's last broken. night we played. Yeah, we were playing last night. I mean, I've been saying it's like you know, it's not like broken, broken, but it's like UI things. Things don't always go right. It's just it's not mm. good and clean at all. I fucking hate it. I mentioned you know the first one had problems too. It broke ever so long ago, and we, that's why we had to restart yeah. it. So like that had its problems too. I didn't feel as we were playing through the second time as strongly about it being broken. But this one, super broke, pissed off all the time. Last night, I'm pretty sure we were in the final boss battle last night, and it fucking like you know this long thing. You kill a couple things, and then that some other thing comes. 
get through all that. We had to, it made us get rid of our companion characters. So it's just me and Amy and she dies. I have this thing down to like all its armors off a third of life. Maybe I have about a half life bar. And the way things are going, I could probably take this thing out in another turn or two, and I'm pretty sure I can last on my own end, you know? So I'm about to beat the game. And I've been wanting this fucking game out of my life. I keep talking about it. Like, I, like, hate playing it. You know, like, <laughs> that's not describing. Like, I hate playing it. Like, the act of hate playing something. <laughs> not I hate playing it, although I do hate playing it. Anyways, I've so I'm that close to beating this fucking thing and having it on my life. And oh. the character I'm playing as this undead character, and he's got this, like, one of his core base skills you get at the very beginning of the game, is he can play dead. And it's actually pretty cool. You just, like, flop down, and, like, you're playing dead, you know? Uh, But you don't leave... You're not out of the battle when you do that at any point. I've used this thing a million times. You're not out of the battle. You're still in the battle. And when, like, when, when you're in a battle in the game, it slows down time, or, you know, it turns things into, like, incremental little timing increments. So when you get out of battles and time speeds back up, your armor will replenish on its own eventually, although rather quickly once you're out of that time change. Mm-hmm. And health, too, a little bit, maybe. Either way, I played dead last night in this thing, and the guy, like... That seems like a bad idea. <laughs> it shouldn't be. It's never gotten me out of battle before. Oh, no. It, I play dead to, like... Because the thing is, when you play dead, they don't attack you, you know? So right. they, they think you're dead. So, like, it's, like, going to buy me a turn... Where I'm not going to get hit, and it's a defensive maneuver. But I play dead. The guy relaxes. This big thing relaxes, and then his armor and life both just shoot back up. And then the battle restarts what? once, once, once. Like, because you know, the play dead thing is like a timed thing if you're not in battle, as opposed to turns. So, like, you know, I play dead. He relaxes. A second or two goes by, all his shit flies back up. My armor goes up, but not my life. And then the battle starts back up. And it's just like, I start back again anew with him. And like, I, oh. I dude, oh, I was furious. Dude. I'm surprised Absolutely. your Xbox is not destroyed right now. Oh, dude, I was <laughs> furious. I, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm never playing that game again. I'm never playing, <laughs> I'm not going to play Baldur's Gate 3 when this dickhead company releases it later this year. And I was all charged up to do that. Like, fuck, dude, fuck this game. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. I can't, I, I don't know. I mean, I know it's an indie studio and I mean, that, I think 2 came out in like 14 or something, 15, yeah. something like that. So, you know, I understand they've probably progressed a little bit as far as QCing goes and fucking so. making, yeah, making a good game. But fuck off, oh, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And yeah, I just don't understand how it can be so much worse than the first one. Wow, you know, I I, we it, must not have finished it all the way because I, I definitely don't remember. Yeah, I, I didn't have this strong of an experience. Uh, negative, it's experience. Like, you know, and like this. <laughs> what's kept me in it too is the story, and, and it, you know the way the story works at the end. Like you know, I, I bitched about it, but like the way. We've kind of seen it coming for a while, so I'm not going to say it like blindsides you, but the way the end of the game goes is pretty unique and interesting relative to what, it's a good turn. It's a good narrative turn, you know? So I, I, you know, the storytelling was fucking good, man. It's just playing the game was just an unpleasant experience Mm. almost at all times. So I was like, I spent the entire experience unhappy but hooked into the story and playing anyway. <laughs> fucking terrible. Uh, yeah, but fuck that oh. game. So that's good. So I need a new game. So maybe I will get Diablo. I don't know, dude. Uh, you but should. I'm not gonna, but I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm certainly not gonna play for Game Pass. So 
It doesn't well, it's matter. Not, for... It's not on Game Pass, so it doesn't matter. Well, I mean, well, I got to play multiplayer. Then I have to sign up for something, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about that, but you need to get it so we can play. You, you need yeah. you need multiplayer in your life so we can play, Josh, because I am not coming off of this. <laughs> you need to get on. Jesse just got on. He just bought it for PC, so he's going to be jumping on. I'm going to start a new player character to play with him as well, so get in there, man. Now's the time. That sounds like some. I should. That sounds like something. PC might be might be more appealing to me. Uh, whatever. So <laughs> so the other thing, uh, a big thing I found. So Legend of Doom. We talked about this when we were playing playing the side quest, dude. But like, I just stumbled across this. So I was playing. You know, I, I told you I've been dabbling with the Duke Nukem's, the Quakes, the Doom Twos, and all those on the this side quest like companion app. It's like a developer companion app thing in in the quest. It's an app you can download and mm-hmm. there's this questy Doom thing that lets you play all the Doom games. So there's all these mods and shit, and I'm just going through and like it's a cool ass menu system for like applying the mods. Different, you know, within like a Doom to you, there's just like weapon pack mods. There's all sorts of shit you can do, and it's all just in there. So like you don't have to like know about it and go seek it out and download it. It's just all there, you know, as long as you have the game installed, the base game. So I'm in there fucking around, and I see this. It's just at the bottom of one of the lists for like the the, the Doom Two mods, Legend of Doom, and I'm like, oh my god, like that Zelda, you know? And I didn't even make the connection. I'm sure you saw it too. It was like a, when it first hit a while back. It was like a whole thing that you could play Legend of Zelda in VR, you know? I remember seeing news stories and yeah. stuff, but like whatever. It just was. It just I didn't. How am I gonna? I assumed it was on. You know, I assumed I couldn't get it on the Quest, basically. So fucking, I see it. I didn't make connection. That's what it was. But I down like, oh well, fuck. I gotta try that. So I fired up, downloaded, and it, dude, it is just, oh, it is a one for one, perfect VR iteration of the original Legend of Zelda, soup to nuts, everything, everything, every single aspect of the original. 8-bit Legend of Zelda is there and it's in 3D and it's in VR and you're walking around and it's it's just oh my god it is good dude I couldn't put it down I could not put it down like it took me like 48 hours probably I played it non-stop we had a fucking side quest and I was like almost to the end I was like all I can think about is getting off this fucking recording and finishing Legend of Zelda it was so good <laughs> and like I mean, I mentioned this in the SideQuest episode too, but like, I just can't believe Nintendo isn't, didn't see this. Like, whatever, if you're like, you know, they're so protective about their IPs and stuff, and they're like, we're not going to do anything unless we do it right from the ground up. Like, I hear all that, and that is, you know, it's why those games are so good and so revered, is because they care about them and they protect them. But you can't tell me no one over there has seen this. And they had, I mean, if they, once you see it and see it in action, how can you not go, fuck, we got, I mean, this is how can we? How are we not doing this? This has to happen. We have to be doing this to not to not. I mean, to not just call the guy immediately and be like, "Okay, good job." We hate. We're going to sue you probably because you, you we sue everyone for everything, <laughs> everything. But good job. Let's talk about bringing this in here, and we'll put our polish on it. We'll do whatever we have to do to make this ours and make us feel good about it, and then. But be- yeah, it's another system too. So that's because to do they that, you, yeah, they'd have to be okay with having their game on another system, which they just right. are not. Which not yet. They could expand insane. that mind. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but that you know exactly. Yeah, they will die eventually. If uh, I don't give a shit how good those core games are, they will eventually die with that mentality. They have to embrace this and everything. If, or they're idiots. But that's yeah. You know, that's just a further end of the idea. Yeah. But it's just. I mean, it's just. It's. I it was fucking. 
an amazing experience. Like there were a few weird things, but again, like all this shit could be fixed if just you don't have some one guy doing it alone. You know, they're just like little tiny weird things UI wise that he's just probably couldn't figure out or something. But I mean, like yeah, the, the dun- you go into the dungeons and like those those first rooms you walk in and like all the statues are there and like you know just they're just crude for four pieces of the sprite on a block, you know, like mm-hmm. same thing with not actually a little different than the Resident Evil problem, but it's same concept, basically just a, a VR, a 3d solution for a flat sprite problem, you know, right. but so, you know, that stuff's there, but even like it does not kill the immersion at all. And like, I just couldn't believe how, you know, the boss battles, you walk into those rooms and like just seeing that world that has been ingrained in our minds in a certain way for 30 something years in a VR space and have it all physically there in front of you to interact with. Oh my God, dude. Just, I can't, it was so good. It was such an incredible, I was so sad when it ended. <laughs> so you actually was, beat it? Oh yeah, dude. I've I, never I, even I, beat Zelda. So like, I uh, wouldn't even, that's the way to do it, dude. It's it, you, it's so good, dude. The, there's a couple like the, the, and I don't know. I want to know. They got to be intentional. He's got another shits there. Are these like main parts of the game? But like, there were like a, the secrets are weird, and you know, that game that game is full of like bombing. You know, like I, that's probably yeah. it's probably a conscious decision. Like the kind of just random bombing of walls and the random burning of bushes and stuff. That's like a joke in the LOZ vernacular, you know. Yeah. And I get modernizing, and and like modern players don't want that just fence testing shit, and that's probably a deliberate choice. But it is a little weird to me, like when you're in a dungeon. And like you know, it's on the Doom engine too, so that's really interesting because it, it's like it uses the Doom mapping UI and feature to map the dungeons and the overworld as you play. You know, so it's just you can have the map up and like that's an amazing modernization thing too to be going through the dungeon instead of having to look at like this shitty little map in the corner. You like pulling up a real map that you can move on real time and you see your guy and shit. Oh, you know, but nice. You can see. The walls that you should bomb on the overworld and in dungeons before you bomb them, and I oh, think really? that's it defeats huh. the purpose to some degree. I don't know. It's it didn't. I still had a blast and couldn't put it down. But like I don't know. It felt a little lame to me because you know part of it is resource management, and they ch- he tweaked that too. You get like you start with more bombs than you could start in the original thing. Okay, nice. and and then when you get the bomb, when you buy the bomb increases from the, the there's a couple of old men in dungeons that you can buy bomb inventory max increase like a bomb bag basically to increase that, and like those numbers go way. It, it went in the original game. It went eight, twelve, sixteen. You start with like fucking I don't know sixteen or something to begin with, and like the expansions take it up to I don't even know I didn't even get the second one because who the fuck needs that many bombs you know especially when you know all, where all the walls are but that's yeah. the whole thing like that inventory resource management is a lot of what makes Legend of Zelda the original a little difficult because yeah. you can't just bomb every wall and the later dungeons you need to bomb walls to even advance in the dungeon at all it's not even for secrets and benefits and stuff it's like part of the regular progression is bombing you know so like going in coming out going out and getting more bombs and like that's a little bit of the game that this takes away but again that's kind of just run around and I get taken that out of modern maybe that's games. quality of life improvement you know? yeah that's yeah, what I'll file sure. that under <laughs> for sure for sure yeah it just it was just oh so huh. good. So such an incredible experience. I can't believe I just stumbled on it. I think I saw in there, I gotta check it out too. I think there's a Castlevania one in there too. And that I mean, I don't know, again, like the, uh, trying to like you know, opening that up for the first time, I'm like, how are they even gonna do this? How is it gonna feel and be good, you know? But just yeah. oh, it's so good. And like, you know, Doom 
Like your swords are you're not you're no longer on those just axes, of course. You know, you're in a 3D space. So like your sword shooting and shit, you can like use the pointer and shoot at shit in the sky. You know, it's just it's just mm. oh, it's just it it feels like a comfy old blanket, but a brand new one. You know, it's just so good. So, so good. Uh, so Fascinating good. indeed. Yeah. Okay. I would love to see it built on, like, the Quake engine instead. Because Doom has limitations, doesn't have a Z-axis, you know. So, like, as far as your actual movement goes, I mean, like I said, you can fire up and stuff. But, um, yeah, I would yeah. just love to see more of these and on <laughs> slightly more modern... 3D engines, you know, that give you a little more. That's the thing. That, yeah, like, so you played it enough to know. So those in the dungeons where you get the items, you know, on NES, it's just like those two white ladders and you go down into the black room and then have to go up again to where the thing is. And they would put bat, a few bats in there that yeah. can move through the walls and stuff. So, like, the first time I go into one of these, I'm like, what are they going to do? Like, it's going to, like, that... What is the what is the representation they're going to use in the 3D space of that? Because that I don't know. That I've never like I've never been able to visualize what that was supposed to be in a real 3D space, you know? Yeah. And they you go in and it's like this fucking long stairwell down, and then you have to come back up this stairwell and you go into this huge room and it's just full of bats in there. And it's just it was just that was just a perfect example of like it finally painted a real picture in my mind of something that for 30 plus years was just Weird. an abstract <laughs> video game concept. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just, yeah, just so many things like that. Like going into the caves where the fucking the things you buy are and the guys that give you the jewels and stuff, you know, just so fucking cool. You go down there and the guy's sitting there and fucking, you know, you have to walk up to him. He's got the flames on each side of him. It just, it just all just so, so much richer of an experience, you know, of, of a story world that everyone already reveres, you know. So right. seeing it and experiencing it that way, so much better. Dude. So fucking good. Another thing I finished, after I finished Moss, I downloaded this game called A Night in the Attic. And this is a really cool game. It's it's 10 bucks on the store, so amazing value. Very small uh, developer studio. What the fuck was it called? Key? Doesn't matter, whatever. Small studio. And so it's like... Do you remember those mar those labyrinth marble games? Like the so like it had the two dials it's like a little wooden board and it has two dials on each side of it and you would have a little steel ball that you that by turning the dials oh, yeah, and yeah. tilting yeah so those so it's that it's that mechanic and like this is a perfect example of like I've talked about how like VR like will give you things you didn't even know you could possibly want and like so it it takes that idea and it it puts what looks like a normal, a semi-normal, it's a little bit kind of, you know, it's not perfectly contour and everything. It's a little bit of rigidity game board feel to it. But, tree, you know, trees, it's like overworld, like, you know, a beautiful forest you're going through. And you have this little character, this, it's Guinevere, so it's the Lancelot, Guinevere, a night round table story world. Mm -hmm. And you're playing Guinevere, and she is essentially the marble. And you have to use... And it's like, you know, it's haptic. So you, you're not turning dials. You're like tilting your controllers and hands. And you can use the sticks to do it like more incrementally if you want to do like a real fine precision turn or move to turn the whole board to move her on it. So you're not moving her. You're moving the board and gravity just moves her. You know what I mean? So it's it's just... It's so different. I've never played anything like it. It's just so different. It sounds and very odd. I'm struggling to picture it. Like I'm picturing. And it, honestly, I'm like, you know, like eh. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, all the reviews for it say it. they're like, you pick it up and you're like, there's no way this is going to work. <laughs> you know, it's almost like the first time you played putt putt. Like, no way the physics can be this good, that it can feel this good, that it can feel right, you know. Right. Uh, it's just too precise and whatever, but it, it it's great. It feels great. It feels fucking awesome. And yeah, it, there's a pretty decent story with it. It's got a little bit of a like a female empowerment thing. Like Guinevere is actually the hero. Lancelot's kind of like this dumb dickhead that's kind of just in the way of most of your stuff that you're trying to accomplish, you know. So the story world's kind of fun. But yeah, it's very cute. Very, very fucking this really adorable story world. And the actual mechanics of it are fucking a blast. So um, 100% going to finish that. And you got to use like, so it's got that going on, but you also have like tools that you get. So like one of the main progression things is you get, you have to find these lightning bugs and then you have this <laughs> jar that you like, you, you find them on the board and they fly up into the actual space. Like you're playing in your grandma's attic. Like you're, you're a player in your grandma's attic playing with this thing. So you're in an attic and like the thing fly, the, 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 the lightning bug flies up off the board and you have to grab the jar over sitting on the little table in front of you and like catch the lightning bug with this jar. And, like, you stockpile them in there, and you have to get a certain number of lightning bugs to open doors and yada yada. So, there's, there's that. There's all these, like, you get, you find a little windmill, and then there's a little crank. And you have to, like, you have to attach those together. And then you, like, set the board down. And, like, you there you have to, like, use the crank to solve puzzles that require wind to be created. To, like, turn a turbine okay. on the thing and move a wall or move a raft or whatever it is. And... Uh, there's like a, a water tool, like a water pitcher where like you'll there's these fountains and you have to like tilt the whole board on its side and like pour water into this pitcher so you have water and then take the take your character somewhere else on the map and then pour the water like either into a pond so the water level rises and a platform can get to something. So like the yeah, it's just a really fucking interesting like I said, I've never seen anything like it. It's just fucking really, really cool. So that's probably the big story game, if you want to call it big. <laughs> I'm playing. Nice. And the last thing is Journey of the Center Earth, Walkabout Mini Course. When it Walkabout Mini Golf Course dropped. And yeah, very cool environment. I've never read the book or watched the movies. So other than oh, what the title okay. Yeah, other than what the title suggests, I had no idea what the story world would entail, you know? So that was, you know, just cool <laughs> to experience something new uh and yeah i mean it's absolutely beautiful dude there is the like the end area it's huge man these new ones they're making are so they make them they're making them feel so big you know there's like you go into this fucking cavern with this it's like open ocean which i don't again i don't know the story world i don't know how this is in the earth i don't see how that's possible but <laughs> whatever you know there, there's a couple of movies out there you can watch pretty fun Brendan Fraser has one, <laughs> the rock has one they're fun to check out uh, whatever the case so yeah that's the end of it is it's absolutely beautiful and it's so expansive uh, and they have i mentioned it to you in the chat i think or when we were playing super mario 3 dude they so you're underground and it's dark you know so the hard course implements a headlamp so you're like i don't know it just ups the it makes it I don't know. It makes you feel more in the space, I guess, because your avatar is now affecting the space. You're yeah. not just this ethereal being with a putter walking around, you know? So it, it just it makes it feel better, I, I think. And a really interesting, cool mechanic that um, was a fun idea. And the putter has a flashlight on it. So, nice. you know, 
As expected. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, very, it's very, very cool as they all are. I'm fucking three ninety nine. I can't believe they only charge three ninety nine. I got to stop saying that. Cause That's good because they. I mean, they any more than I'm like, yeah. If it was like ten dollars, I'm like, I don't know how many courses I'm buying, but three ninety nine. I'm like, all right, I'll pick yeah, it right. up. You know, good, yep. sweet price point. This, yeah, this one's definitely worth it. And so <laughs> I posted a picture of, of my, so like I go to my dispatch shack the day before, uh, just to, again, I'm, you know, a new course drop and it's like any other game. It's like you were Mortal Kombat. I'm going to play a little bit of it before just to get to some, yeah. just so I'm up to speed when I play the new one. And I go in there and I take a picture. I notice a gap on the putter lineup on my thing, you know? So I post that and I'm like, I thought it was them making room for the new putter for yeah. the new course. And I talked some shit to him, and we were actually I was actually badging with him a little bit on the Facebook page walkabouts account. And someone on our Instagram points out, like, that's not for that is not for Journey of the Sun and Earth, dude. That's the mist course has three putters in it. And I did not know that. I only have the one, like every other course. So apparently there's two more putters. And I don't know, do you remember when we were playing that course? There's that ship in the I haven't looked it up yet, so I don't know. This is like my part of my weekend to do is figuring yeah. out these these putters. But you remember that ship in the like fountain or the in like the little square in the middle of the, of oh, the yeah, course. Yeah. I, you, I said you can raise and lower the ship yeah. and it, it makes the ship at the dock also raise and lower. And I was saying, I was like, that's got to, there's just no do way something. that's just like an empty mechanic. There's got it. So it's, my guess is it has something to do with that. And there's another one. And I'm guessing it's maybe that ball that I showed you back by the pillars. Remember I, there's that ball back there. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck this is either. You know? Yeah. So like, I don't know. I just can't, you know, it's such a otherwise rigid, like, system as mm. far as like you do the 12 fucking clues and then you get the putter <laughs> like what what i don't like i'm just so blown away that like there's some aspect of the game Hidden secrets. That have you never no even clue. knew the super yeah, fan no josh is like at a loss ladies right. and gentlemen and it's, it's so cool that it's the mist course that makes sense because mist is such a i told you we were playing like that game yeah. is such a mind fuck you know so really really cool to me so i might have that's to jump to back do. into that might have to jump back in myself dude you yeah. just Sorry, you talking reminded me, since it's been a while since we recorded our last SideQuest, there's another game I played that I completely never talked about. Did we talk about Minecraft Legends? Like, have we talked about that? Dude, so. Legends, that, I don't know. We did talk Legends. about Minecraft semi-recently. Right, but Legends, but dude, I. I don't know if it was Legends. Yeah, so Legends came out a couple months ago, and it's like, the problem, and I, I hesitate to even bring it up because I'm like, I don't know how to describe it. I feel like that's <laughs> the main problem. It's like a real-time strategy game combined with like a castle tower defense type of game and it's accessible in that like i play it with my eight-year-old you know what i mean it's like it seems like that's like the sweet spot because me and him can go and it's like very different from every minecraft game you're not like it's in the minecraft world all of that like scenery and everything so is it do you know rampart rampart no i've heard that name but i don't know it was a it was a really good snes game actually like one of the early snes titles that was really good my my boy agv had that when we were in high school sounds like i mean that's a tower defense game that's really fucking cool and you like in between you like you build your castle to start and you put cannons and you have to be they have to be inside your castle walls and Mm -hmm. it's just a top-down view like very basic almost board game like risky kind of and then Mm -hmm. so you play a turn it goes live for like 30 or 45 seconds and you whether it's another player or computer, you just like bomb each other's shit and like blow up their walls. And then you get like in between the next round of battle, you get like a, a, a timed amount of time to, and a certain number of like how much shit you blow up fuels how many like castle building tiles you get mm. to then repair and for, and expand your castle to get more cannons to attack more in the next round, you know? So it's really, really fun, addictive mechanic. And I'm, is, I mean, is that 
kind this, of the idea. It, it's kind of, but it's a little different. I, I will say, I haven't done the PvP part. I know there's like a PvP part, which sounds a little more like that, where you'd kind of, you know, build up your castle kind of thing. But in this one, like in the in the main adventure mode, I guess, you're, you know, you're, there's an open map world and there's these different towns and things of Minecraft characters that you go and like the piglins are the bad guys. So like there's this whole story behind them and they're invading towns and creating their own strongholds. And you you basically have to go to these towns and really like defend them. And like, it, it's, it's hard to explain, but like the, you have these followers that you create. There's like, they're music notes. They're based off of music. So like they're tunes you create, but they're followers. It's, it's weird. That's the, <laughs> the, the, to me, that's the central car. The central problem is describing it, but at any rate, you have these followers that you that you use to help defend these towns, and you're building walls and like top, like things to help defend them and fighting the bad guys. And then it's and then at night, so there it's definitely time based. So like you do a tower, you get like rewards. You can like upgrading the things that you can build with and defend with, and you still have to go gather resources like you would in Minecraft to help do those things. But then it'll tell you like, hey, the piglins are gathering their attack. Be ready to like you know. Def, you know help defend this stronghold way out west so you're like all right i gotta like a certain amount of time to get there and get things going and be ready for the defense and it's 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 a lot of fun it's it's it, it combines aspects of minecraft with that real-time strategy with like a whole musical aspect to it it's a it really just combines various different things and i would i'm fascinated about the pvp part because it sounds like what you were talking about but I'm so to me that's such a fun game to play with my son that I don't know that I want to play it like PvP kind of by myself type of thing. But it's oh, right. it's a, it's a fun game. Like if you want like a, a less, I don't know. Again, it's it's hard it's hard to describe. But if you like those well, kind of games, the best thing is like I said with the fucking night in the attic thing. It's, it's like, weird. I, I, mean, I, can I don't, tell I don't you know what, what that it game is. is. But it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, I've said before in Minecraft. I I I know it would be just a fucking right off. So yeah. <laughs> Not a good plan. <laughs> Word? Okay. Well, the only thing I have is the Quest 3 getting announced. And it's $4.99 with the target drop of this fall. And I'm, of course, fucking in. Uh, probably goes without saying. But I, I feel like they're definitely lying to me about the being released in the fall. <laughs> There's just no way that early, their first like initial announcement prediction is going to come true. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> but $4.99 is pretty fucking fair, I think. Yeah, we'll I mean, see. compared to obviously the big news story is the Apple one being announced oh for thirty five hundred bucks. No like, chance. Are you kidding yeah. me? No, thank yeah. you. It does look amazing. I mean, you know, if I got for one for what? free, what? What do you use it for? Yeah, if you got well, it for the, free, but the yeah the well, it's like a, you know, I, I think it's more. You know, it's their goal with it is that it's like an AR yeah. tool, like that you literally just live your life with it on your head when you're at home, and it you do everything through the viewfinder yeah, basically you know pass um, <laughs> i mean some of that ar shit for even the quest you know with its rudimentary goes black and white when you do it and shit but like some of that stuff sound you know it, it is fascinating like there's that i don't know if i mentioned it but there's a there's a rube goldberg i think i talked about this last time there's a rube gold rube goldberg machine <laughs> app that it's ar based so you like the idea is you build it, you build the thing in your actual space, you know, and then you just use these tools to build these things kind of through and on top of your actual 
real world space. And like that kind of idea is really interesting for sure. You know, obviously it's compl- no, not even vaguely appealing to do it in black and white. Correct. Like the quest currently limits you to. But, you know, Quest 3 is going to have full color pass through too. So, you know, that more that, that the AR stuff does interest me. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to pay 3500 bucks to try it out. But, I'm, you know, it's Apple. I'm sure it'll be, it'll feel like a whole new level of good. Uh, but, yeah, that's too expensive for sure. <laughs> Music box theme bringing us into World Five, beginning our Mario Three playthrough, or resuming rather our Mario Three playthrough. Resuming indeed. The manual description reads: Skyland has many difficult sections. Raccoon Mario's flying ability is bound to help him here, and then the strategy guide calls it Sky World. So this is one of I mean, that's a small difference, but there are bigger ones that I noticed. This will come back up. Uh, a little more um, prominently when we discuss in credits. I find this very interesting, but I'll just drop that seed here right now. But the art in the strategy guide has a stressed out raccoon Mario adorned with a P-wing on his chest, soaring through the clouds as a fire chomp and a couple of parabeetles give chase. Uh, I see some more tanuki opportunities in the item key there or data box, whatever, and the white shroom deal is 28 coins in level 5-5. Five five. So we get started on 5-1 and it is Chain Chomp Central. And it asks you to climb up and back down on this rector set-esque structure. My first time through pre-strategy guide consult, I could tell there was something I was missing. There's like a, a lot of action that suggests there's shit to do beneath the structure, but Chain Chomps guard all potential entry points, and I wasn't giving up my Tanuki suit to try those out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, I look at the strategy guide after the fact, and there's another one. This is another one of those get a star all the way through levels that ah, I just. Yeah. Did not know enough about to really embrace and enjoy on my first playthrough here towards the back end of the game. I feel like there's a lot of that in this game where like, yeah, you play, you can play the game, you can play the levels to get through it, survive, move on. But if you kind of know the ideal way to make it through that level, it, you can a come back through fun. and have a lot more fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 5-2 is a cool start where you're dropped out of a pipe from the jump and are falling to some music block notes that give you the option of going up to what I would call an easier above ground route or falling down a coin pickup path that leads to a much tougher subterranean deal with the ice block chucking beetles. The, there's a tanuki opportunity in the toad house after that, then into a pipe beneath the river to get to a fork in the road where you can do 5-3 or a fortress. And uh, anyone knows what's what, which I did not, chooses 5-3 because it's your first Kuribu shoe opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. The stage works from right to left, first time in the game for that, so there's just so many times where, you know, it'll give you something, and you're just like, holy shit, I didn't expect that this game was going to do that, you know, and this is another just another one of those. Um, now we're moving right to left instead of left to right, and it's only, you know, and, and it's amazing to me, too, that they will give you these things and do not bring them back, you know what I mean? Like, it's just one thing, one, this one time, and like, you know a fucking game developer usually takes the time to come up with a whole system of something they're gonna get a little more out of it so to you know i don't know lazy is not the right word but just you know make it more efficient make the goddamn get the goddamn game done so like they're just so you know there's so many times in the game where they just invent something to fuck with it once or twice and then 
you know, change shit up on you and then you never see it again. That's, that's I don't it. know. That's to be commended, I think, that there's that much level of effort to put into this. Yeah. I mean, there's for the shoe, the shoe is fun. It's it's very limited levels that you're going to use it on. But when you it's very useful on those levels for sure, though, yep. like you yep. want to have it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So these the Goombas are in control of them. You have to pop them from beneath. As they land on a brick, and then the Goomba flies out, leaving the shoe behind for you to commandeer. It's green and has a little wind-up key on the side, and your head barely sticks up out of it. It's super <laughs> cute. And uh, you can jump on just about anything with them. The spinies, the small Venus fly traps, which is really where they that's it's key for this uh, level. And it, it takes bombs out without them exploding, too. That's nice. Oodles of fun. Yeah. Uh, it goes away when you finish the stage, though. You can't take it with you, unfortunately. Emojis. Sad emojis abound on that, but obviously it would be game-breaking, I think, to be able to do it otherwise. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Makes sense. The Fortress is same-o, same-o. Mildly interesting new thing with combining thwomps being above platforms with the spinny disco balls circling beneath them. So you're timing like both those things, you know. Uh, but otherwise, it's pretty straightforward Fortress. And then you get a bridge over the river back to the beginning appearing after beating it. So, it, it I don't know, that... Like, these are basically just quality of life improvements, you know? They're so, like, they don't, it's like all the, you know, the pipes and stuff in 7, it's just, I don't know, I was surprised at how little purpose they really, like, all these things really had that they would introduce or bring into the, the world map, you know? They're just literally, like, like I said, I think they're they're more about the two-player deal, you know? And yes, if someone dies, we don't have to replay a level, it's just quality of life stuff. Yep. Which is, you know, somewhat unexpected, I guess. The Sky Tower comes next, and you're climbing here, as the sprite would suggest. There are two levels of thwomps and disco balls. Then we pop outside for some Merlins and Krennels action, if you want to throw back to our Mario 2 episode. <laughs> and then you're back in for another couple levels before you're back outside to climb a blue vine up into the clouds for the back half of this world. And I love that once you get up there onto the the map, the upper part of the map, you can see the first half down below in the background, you know? Yeah. Which is a, is a really nice touch. Good visual touch. So 5-4 is up in the clouds, and you can basically skip over this entire shit if you get your fly on, and I did just that, so I didn't really, <laughs> didn't really fuck with that too much. 5-5 uh, five, five is all dreaded donut lifts, as the strategy guide terms it, so you have to keep, uh, keep it moving before those babies fall out from beneath you. And there is an early pipe to a secret area with a giant block coveting a tanuki suit. And something about seeing one as a pickup in stage, and that's the first time you see that, you know, is very weird and foreign to me. It's uh, <laughs> there's, there's only one instance of it, too, but there's a Hammer Brother one later on, too. And just seeing it, I don't know, it's just weird. It's, this looks weird and different, you know, to be like the little, I don't know. Something about it's weird. I can't, I don't, I can't really put my finger on what it is, but. You're just used to being a, a special thing in like a, a toad house or something instead of just right, out yeah. in the wild. Yeah. Yeah. So if you take that route, you get the bonus plan of being able to skip most of the stage. Uh, yes, please, on that. Like I mentioned, we were playing like levels, worlds five and six. Like I'm, I'm you know, I could, I'm fine without them. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't need to play either one of these fucking things. I like Jumping the view on, of, I like the view of, of world five. Like I like the scenery, the whole cloud thing. But yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm done with it. The, the aesthetic is is good, but yeah, the actual uh, fucking whatever is not not all that fun. 
Uh, so yeah, I, I finished this damn thing, and I look, take a look at the strategy guide, and I'm like, I'd forgotten that this was the right shroom stage, and like after playing that level, I was like, no, I'm not doing that donut shit for, I don't <laughs> give a shit what's in that house. <laughs> Just no way, man. It's always like, it's, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm surprised I didn't think of it, because in so many cases... You know, a third of the level, and it's just like you can just tell by how difficult and fucked the environment is that oh, this is probably the goddamn white mushroom house stage because like there's going to be like fewer coins, they're going to be in dumb places, you know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is a perfect example of that. So five six is a really cool premise. It's an auto scroll where you're required to navigate by way of jumping on and off the backs of the parabeetles flying and the the little these those are the little red shell dudes with wings. So. That is not easy, of course. And we see our first fire chomps here, too, which are the flying chain chomps, you know. Yeah. With, uh, and, like, their actual chain is a little fire flames, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Really dope sprite. Like those a lot. 5-7 is one of the invincibility star stravaganzas if you use one from your inventory and start the stage with that condition. So, like, that's an interesting, again, just another example. Like, you have to start the stage with the star already. So, it's like a heightened version of, like, you have to know what's what. To really mm-hmm. embrace this. But if you do that, it's a fucking blast, you know? So <laughs> then we get our second fortress, and I love the lava zone look to this joint. There's like bubbling lava down below, all the pipes are orange, and that it's got that cool neoplastism style background thing going on. And uh, don't worry, Lord Sables, I'm not I'm not I don't I'm not actually enough of a twat or an art history savant to have any clue what that means. I had to do some Googling to land on that correct art style <laughs> phrasing, but that's, that's, that's what it should be called. Neoplasticism. Plasticism. Neoplasticism. So Google that word if you want a fun fucking um, bit of learning. Anyhow, I appreciate this was a straight shot fortress. No door maze bullshit. The whole thing spans stretches of bridges over lava, and you have fireballs popping out of both uh, that lava below and the ceiling. So you're like you're dealing with both directions of lava or fireballs, you know. So that's, again... Only time in the game. Whole new mechanic. Yep. But they gotta. Uh, I mean, they gotta switch it up from time to time. You know, like it's. I do appreciate that. Where even though it's different from other games, to your point, where you just see like a mechanic. Oh, I'm not saying times, it's a negative at it's all. It's nice to switch it up. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. I'm saying it to its credit, 100. percent There's not a, a drip of negativity in that. It's just a, a. You know. Yeah. It's not like. It's never. It's even further good game design, game design. It's never like, I mean, you know, the first second you have to interact with it, you might be a little like taken aback and it catches you slipping. But generally speaking, it's immediately intuitive. Usually you can gauge, adjust, they introduce it slowly or in some way, shape or form that intelligently allows you to register it, formulate a plan and adjust the way you're going to play the game for this new mechanic. So yeah, it's not like they're just, you know, dumping dumb shit on you left and right and you fucking have to figure it out and it's a huge problem um but it is i think i think it's good game design yeah so uh i noticed some interesting shit while popping bottles with models in the boom boom room in my tanuki drip so i hauled ass in here and the off the pipe so i'm like flying before i get to the middle of the room and i don't know if you ever this is something maybe i don't know tell me if this is something you already knew, I guess, is, is really the simplest way to put it. But if you're, you're flying when you come in here, when you go into the Boom Boom Room, you can't advance past the middle of the room, like while your P-Wing is full and you're in flight. So you'll just fly up to the, like, you'll fly up to the ceiling, and until your P-Meter fall uh, go, drops back down and you hit the ground, he won't aggro. So you can't, like, yeah. 
cheese it, basically. You can't fly in there and just stay in the air and keep bopping them, you know? So I, I, I discovered that by accident. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. They gotta they gotta put some checks and balances in place, otherwise you can. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, especially for these. Yeah, because these boom boom fights are so difficult. You don't are so easy. Rather, you don't fucking need to. Yeah, don't need to make it easier. The Hammer Bro Sprite up here is just a couple of plain old Hammer siblings, and they give you a music box. See, I actually got out of this and, and just burned my music box. Like I, I thought, again, this is like inventory management shit started here. Like I had, mm. I was, I had so much shit that I'm like trying to figure out ways to get shit out of my inventory. Like there's no, it needed a junk function, you know, it needed a trash can <laughs> uh, to get rid of shit. The, the way I was playing this game, you know, saving and not burning things, oh, which man. of course, if you're playing it OG, that's not a problem. But yeah, not even. I don't think I've ever even thought about inventory management. In this game. <laughs> like, I've used it stuff. I definitely. I had like three music boxes, and I'm like, I don't, you know, I need to see oh, what these yeah. fuckers have, you know, so I don't want to use these things. I need. Get him on my fucking inventory. Five eight is a Likidu Lakidu showdown for the ages, all up in the clouds. And yeah, it's it's well, all the Likidu stages I would say are to some degree or another about hauling ass. You're just trying to just because you can't. In most cases, you can't engage him, so you need mm-hmm. to just outrun him. You know, but this is a um, um, an extreme iteration of that for sure. Uh, yeah, like I, you know, and most times, I, I at this point. I'm just, I haven't ha- gotten a bunch of Tanukis yet. So, like, I kind of had the mentality through five of, like, if I lose my Tanuki, I'm just loading. Like, I don't, I want to be Tanuki, you know? But, like, this stage <laughs> sucks so bad that I lost my Tanuki and I was, I was just, I right, fucking get it. I'll get, I'll get another one. This <laughs> 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 stage sucks. Oh, and yeah, so in the strategy guide, they pointed out a cool thing here. A cool, it's a one up trick that I had never thought of or, or, or seen or certainly done. So, you, if you can drag a Lakitu into the end stage area, and let him throw out enough eggs so there's enough enemies walking around in the ground. Oh, yeah. And then you hit the the, the box, it'll, it turns them all into coins. It's yep. essentially the same as jumping on them or killing them all at once, whatever. And you can do that and get a one-up, which was a cool little... I forgot about that. I feel like I came across that like accidentally once, and I was like, oh, oh, that makes sense, but it's not something yeah. I ever try to do. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Especially with those dudes. So I went into five nine after burning a flower as a joke, just some oh, no. house cleaning. Yeah, well, it, it turned out to be a huge help actually. So the the whole stage is a series of both horizontally and vertically moving wooden platforms, and you have to traverse these to steadily climb up higher in the sky. And it seemed like you you know any kind of flying thing, you're like Coon Mario. I want Coon Mario here. Yeah, absolutely. but. Later in the stage, there's some fire chomps that start buggering your way, and the fireballs can kill them. And I, I mean, I don't, if I wouldn't have the fireballs, I, I, this, I wouldn't have made it through this. Like, so yeah, it's, it's a nice little happenstance thing. Happenstance thing, rather. The after that, it's airship time, and the king has been transformed into a derpy kind of bird. I don't know what that was supposed <laughs> to be exactly. What kind of bird it would be? But he's he's flying, and he's flapping above the throne, and we are squaring off with Roy here, and they title his shit talking with "Roy's a big boy." And his shit talking is, when I hit the deck, my entire airship shakes. Little twerps like you, Mario, won't even be able to move. <laughs> I don't think Mario will be able to time his jumps, so he's in the air when I land, so it's time to squash him. So he's alluding to that sledgehammer brother deal, you know, or mechanic rather. With the weird glass, his, his glasses always throw me off. Like, they look like 1950s female sunglasses you know what i'm saying every time i look at them like wait roy are you a girl like what's what's, your style is questionable (laughs) back to the future uh glasses okay i could Uh, i could could see back to the future i could see back to the future well i mean when you know 
Yeah, the fifties. When he's in the fifties, I'm saying like those are absolutely. The oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I like was the thinking only time. I was I thinking think more Back seen. to the Future too. Those crazy sunglasses that kind of yeah. point off to the side. Like either way, applicable to the situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're probably, you know, I, you can just imagine them trying to differentiate each one of these kids and like them uh, at some point or other just grasping at straws. Like, I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, one stand on a ball. I don't know. Give one different color hair. Uh, sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his strategy guy description is also kind of fun. Big and burly. Roy is the master of Sky World. He's a big boy. I really like using that. <laughs> Calling him a big boy. So I went into this one with the plan of beating it in froggy style form, just to mix it up, and ended up having some serious stream difficulties uh, when doing so. But so I'm playing through the first time, playing the, the whole thing with my. I, I did I do the stream with with the BRB thing selected. It's like I have this like in the OBS thing. I don't think you've really fucked with it much yet, but like it has like the different. It calls them scenes, and you can like oh, yeah, literally. Yeah. You can, you can real time just click over to something if you're gonna like walk away in the middle of a stream or something, you know. So I played the I played do the whole thing the first time with the BRB look selected on the mainstream, which means you couldn't see the game. Just that that GIF. I, I have the the Moonwalker GIF with the mainframe where he's like you know yeah. fucking with the. <laughs> so I have that up as, as for the whole thing. And I noticed and I loaded and I did remember to frog suit up for the second time and it went through like it went great the very first time. Some lucky moments, some clutch platform moves, whatever. But I noticed I wasn't streaming at all for that run. So like that time, it, like it, it had shut off. I'm just like the point being, I'm the, the world's worst fucking streamer. It's, there's been so many times where like I fucked up some stupid ass thing. Uh, yeah, it's really frustrating. How I don't know. It seems like such a simple thing, but I like there's just like a, a very small checklist of things, and like when you're trying to just do them all real quickly, like I maybe thirty percent of the time fuck one of them up. <laughs> very frustrating. Anyhow, the airship has some really hairy spots. The strategy guide reads, Roy's airship more than meets the standards for coupling design with lots of cannons and bullet bills. And that is very accurate. Towards the end there, it has that steel box stretch where you have the angled cannons above and below you. And that is a really, really tough little stretch of the game. That's fun. I like. I lucked into bopping off a cannonball and getting up on top of the box in the frog suit, or I didn't. Like, if I wouldn't what? have done that, yeah. So, like, remember, I'm going through that with the frog suit yeah. too, which the movement for That's that is crazy. so shitty, you know. So yeah, I just like got lucky as fuck and bopped off a cannonball to be able to skip that essentially, or I'd have never fucking got in there. I wouldn't even consider the frog suit on such a stage. That is, I want. I mean, you know, crazy playing game. this fucking. I wanted this. I want, <laughs> once I knew that you got the different messages. I had, there's no way I could not have done that. So yeah, I did like my. I think it was five, six, and seven straight. I did all three of them. The frog Tanuki, Hammer Brother. Yeah. So Roy is indeed a big boy, even bigger than the mean old Morton in level two, and he's got some yeah cool ass pink sun state. I, yeah, I, I called him gas station sunglasses, but fifties is the same thing. <laughs> uh, and then to, to match his salmon colored shell and. His big operational difference is he does a jump that, yes, when he lands on the ground, freeze locks you in a mini hopping cycle for a beat. And other than that, though, he's pretty same shit, different day. Yeah. Took a few loads. Uh, one, uh, uh, I would assert, was not my fault. Controller fail. But otherwise, uh, it was pretty easy. All these, yeah, all the Koopa kids, super fucking easy, really. Yep. It's more about getting to them than trying right. to Yeah, the airships are the tough part. I agree. So, Princess Toadstool letter reads, Be careful in the ice world. The creatures trapped in the ice will come to life if warmed. And then her jewel enclosure is a Jujim's cloud. Uh, and then we move into World 6. And the manual description is, Everything is slippery in Iceland. Be cautious as you proceed. The world is big. You may find some interesting items. And that had me hopeful I'd be seeing Hammerbro suits here. 
The strategy guide calls this the Winter Wonderland, so that's actually a, a big difference. The artwork has Tanuki Mario sweating his way across an ice block, a spike and a Buster Beetle standing between him and skating across some frozen muncher plants. There is a shroom house with a hammer suit through halfway through the, the map, so that prediction or hope would come true. And the white shroom house is obtained by getting a 70 plus, 78 plus coin haul in 6-7, so that's easily the biggest number uh, in the game, I think, as far as the white mushroom stages go. The overworld map is a solid three screens wide, frosty and snow-covered with quite a bit of water. The cute little green blob plants with eyes and shimmering ice rocks make up the terrain, so those come back from the first level. And the music here is easily the worst of any map in the game, in my opinion. It has like a tinny twinkle sound yeah, to it. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, yeah, it's very repetitive <laughs> loop. Not a fan. Have I ever told you how much I hate ice levels in video games, Jay? You have not. Do tell. No. <laughs> I mean, you don't yeah, like they're... sliding all over the place when you walk nah, yeah. and having the control where you stand? I do not. They are total bullshit, and I don't like them. Yeah, so that's how I feel about those. So let's talk about some of those. They take it easy on you with the ice bullshit in 6-1. The actual ground is just snow-covered, and the physics are no different than any other. There are icy blocks you need to platform with up above to wet your whistle on how the slippery shit is going to feel. So they, again, just slowly... Get you used uh, to it. <laughs> yeah, introduce it to you. And there's a couple optional fun factors to be had here. You can do the whole thing invincible if you come in with a star again, so it has that going on. And there's a door you can fly up to that takes you to a P-Switch coin palooza also to kind of just skip through most of this. Yeah. This is the first appearance of the Patui plant enemies. And I mentioned when we are playing the co-op. I love, that's a, a great name for those. Uh, and it's, uh, so this is a, a pretty fun little tangent. So it's, they spell this, Patui I mean, uh, onomatopoeia style, P-T-O-O-I-E. Uh, and, and I love onomatopoeias. They, uh, I also love they wrap the word onomatopoeia up with four different vowels in a row. Uh, the actual word onomatopoeia. And <laughs> this got me thinking, how many other words in the English language do that, do you think, Jay? Probably. Saying four different vowels in a row in one word. Uh, one or zero. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there are many pronouns. Like, if you look it up, there are many pronouns that I have no interest in counting. But actual words, and you know, like I said, the operative difference here is different vowels in a row. There are a lot of words that have four vowels in a row, but they repeat some. So mm-hmm. here they are. There are six total. There is proso. I can't even fucking say this word. Proso po. Op. Popopia, I like. I don't even know. Oh yeah, I don't know what any of these are really. But so this is a it's P R O P R O S O P O P O E I A. So it's it's that E I O E I A is how they. Well, no, there's one one exception to this, but five of the six have used that one. But so yeah, this first word is a figure of speech in which an abstract thing is personified, or where an imag and where an image. Um, we're in a, yeah, we're an imagined or absent person is represented as speaking. So it's like a, a way of describing something that is maybe not even a person. That's like a, I guess maybe a ghost kind of thing. Like we're <laughs> something speaking that couldn't be speaking, basically. You know, in prose. Um, so yeah, a very abstract, you're never going to need it, but there you got it anyways. And then there's farm, pharmacopoeia. Uh, yeah, I don't even know how to, so onomatopoeia, pharma. So pharma is the, the, the first etymology root 
and then mm-hmm. Copoea. <laughs> and this is a book listing off medicinal drugs and their use. So it's just like a catalog of drugs, basically. I feel like I've actually heard that word. That actually sounds familiar. Shockingly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely never heard that word. And I and I lived with Herman, and he was a pharmacy major, so I still yeah. never heard that word <laughs> in college. So uh, then there's mythopoeia, the making of a myth or myths. And then there's ep- epo- epopoeia, and that's an epic poem. And this this is the one we have that's uh, it's it's this one does U I A E at the end and it's a reliquia. And this is fossil remains of plants or animals and there's onomatopoeia of course. So six total. So don't ever say this podcast didn't make you a smarter human being. There you go. <laughs> the six words that have four vowels, four different vowels in the word in the entire English language. Random facts with Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back to Mario 3. So I took down a couple of normal hammer bros for a hammer uh, on the way to 6-2, and, which I don't think I ever used that one. That one sat in my fucking... I, when I got to the very end of the game, I was like, I saw that hammer there in my inventory, and I was like, I'm using the strategy guide after the stages, so I should have... If there was a place to use that hammer to get something, I would have done it. So what the fuck is this hammer for? Do you know? It's... <sighs> Because of the range and the way it, it works, like, I honestly just use it, like, just, wait, you're talking about the hammer at the break or, like, the Hammer Brother suit? No, the yeah, the hammer to break rocks with. You get oh, yeah. one from I, the Hammer I mean, Brother here. Yeah, I, at this point, I'm not sure. Like, I've used them in, like, World world 3 and World world set world six or two. World yeah, six. You, you use one in two. World There's two a, it's and behind world the, three have them. Yeah. And then there's another world. But yeah, at this late in the game, I don't know I don't really what that is about though. them. I don't. I don't even think about breaking blocks at this point in the game though. But I, I mean, you know how I play these games, dude. Like fucking. I mean, there's one. Man. There's is one on six. Like after World Two, there's a a brick that you can break, or block you can break to get that to actually that pipe. get you somewhere you want to be though. But but most of those are usually kind of like the locked doors. Like hey, to help you get past something where like you're part. I guess yeah. I see. I see one there. I guess you can. I guess you can use it to skip the. Maybe you can use it to skip the fortress or, or something. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know. It, I don't know where it's one of those things that, like, I, I learned them, like, what each one was necessary for, but realized, like, all right, I really don't need to break these, like, if I'm trying to just go, you know. But this is the, yeah, this is the only one that's, I mean, you, the other two take you to, like, really interesting, valuable secret areas, you know. Whatever that hammer is used for, uh, heading into 6-2, this is an auto-scroller with some ice, but they display remorse and make most of it on cloud platforms that we haven't seen prior, so you don't do any sliding. But the first time I'm going through this, though, so, you know, it scrolls horizontally, like most levels that do auto-scrolling, and then out of fucking nowhere, it just starts scrolling vertically, and that, yeah, that uh, definitely caught me slipping. You're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Six third or six three rather is a lot of the same idea, but without the auto scroll. And again, I I was just looking over my overstocked inventory and saw the P wings. Uh, I'll probably never use because I don't want to skip any stages of this play. So I figured, fuck it, I'll just P wing this thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll start doing that a lot with the items here on the back half of the game. Uh, and I rationalize it too. I'll be like, okay, well, if I do that, I can just like you know, I can really just explore everything and make sure I don't you know, there's nothing I don't have to you know experience. So, like jabbing his fucking. Uh, Erdrich 
weapon and armor justifications. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I head in, in here, and, and it's not too far along. There's a pipe in the sky that I head into, and inside a small room with a giant question block, which inside of which is a tanuki. And even if I wanted to not pick up the tanuki, I'm picking it up because tanuki. But I have the P-Wing on, remember. So I picked this up 100% expecting to lose my P-Wing status you know yeah but no you pick this shit up and you become a p-wing tanuki and i was like oh my god that's so fucking dope <laughs> <laughs> so yeah really fucking cool um and yeah it's basically me reaching my apex as a human being probably i can now die a happy man <laughs> having discovered that tanuki, tanuki ultimate powers. tanuki status <laughs> Nice. And then and then i noticed breakable uh, bricks in the top left corner of this room where the shit is so I could take my raccoon P-Wing ass up and go through a further hidden coin room above this. So this, I mean, like, if you're not P-Winged, I guess you can still run up and do it. But like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have even looked at that if I wasn't, if I hadn't been doing the P-Wing thing. I literally, like, I found this and I'm like, okay, I got to record a video of this. So like I start recording and I just to show me flying around a ridiculous amount of time as Tanuki. And doing that is how I notice the hidden area, the bricks up in the, I noticed a little brick that you can break up in the top left corner you know so it's just the game that never stops fucking giving as far as like just more secret stuff on top of more secret stuff on top of more secret stuff that's fun game design because i feel this is one of those levels like when you look at the icy like the boys you can slip this is a natural like i'm gonna p-wing kind of level so it's good that they have that extra secrets secrets up there you know yeah six four is all slippery ice blocks and wooden platforms buzzing around on tracks uh platforming central basically but uh, i would say it's like it's not a frantic one it, it felt balanced to me which some of these ones where you're buzzing around on those platforms that move on tracks are like it's a fucking lot in my opinion so this one felt like a little bit of a reprieve and they also have some of those spinning arms but in the past these have had a like they would stop and start yep you know and they'd be used as like a you got to you time know, it. And, right, exactly. Yeah. These are perpetually spinning, though, so they're not for platforming. They're just to make you lose control on the ice. <laughs> you know, so. Again, just taking small things and just tweaking them a little and making it a new a new feel. 6-5, I couldn't fucking do, man. I, ju- I Jujim clouded twice to skip it. To get the Hammer Bro suit from the Toad House and then Jujim cloud back. <laughs> like, that's literally, I was like, fuck this, I can't fucking do it. Like, you go down into a subterranean area that has you looping a relatively short span of ice block throwing beetles right to left, uh, interestingly, where you have to take a Koopa shell up to an area with a couple of the hopping white plants guarding a brick wall in front of an exit pipe, right? And like, there's just the sequence of thing. I mean, by the time I had any clue what to do in it, the timer had like 50 clicks left, left and yep. I just couldn't fucking do it, you know? So yeah, I was just like, I am not going through that again, you know? A lot of run around that level. And 6-6 six, six also, fuck that as well. I don't even, I don't even want to actually talk about 6-6. Six, six. Do you? It's ice level on Sarah. It's like ice level to the max, you know? It is just absolute bullshit. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't have any fun playing that one either. Uh, also, fuck 6-7, which is the 78-coin White Mushroom House deal, so you know it's fucking borderline impossible. You know, so yeah. I mean, honestly, I think this that stretch of three levels might have been the hardest in the game for me, you know? Even counting 8-8 shit. Or eight World 8 shit, I mean. I mean, I could see, because especially 6-7, like, you're in the air, you got slippery ice, like, it's... Yeah, that's... 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 That's a fair. That's a fair assessment. I was trying to do the thing. I tried. I, I was maybe 
maybe 10 times I tried this fucking thing. And wow, 10 times. Yeah, I mean, it's fucking it's possible. It's absolutely impossible to do that with the, the get the coins and fucking get the white mushroom house. I mean, that's why, I mean, it gives you a challenge, right? Like, you could get through the level, but, like, to try to get that, like, you gotta you gotta have a challenge for all the, like, hardcore, like, I can do more in my sleep, yep. dudes, you know? Yep. Can you imagine? There's, and there's some fuck out there that has a video of them speedrunning that with the with the White Mushroom House <laughs> uh, completion stuff happening. Maniacs. <laughs> the second fortress is all ice, and it relies a lot on timing out thwomp resets to slide through small holes. So, that's, you know, it's... I mentioned there was that one, the hand thing where you had to slide through with the cheap cheeps underneath that yeah. thing. I think that those moments in the game where it requires you to do that, like where you need to slide underneath something crouching mm-hmm. in the middle of some shit going on, I think were the most satisfying moments for me in playing. Like when I would get those right, like that was the yeah. most satisfying accomplishment. You know, that's like, I think that's like top three Mario three. <laughs> mechanic or whatever you want to call it like shit you know very 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 felt very very good so yeah aces the first time despite some very close calls and after the three levels previous to it i really needed that emotionally uh, i was surprised that there was no maze shit here too these these boom boom things have become like maze centric at this point in the game so i was Hmm. pleased that it didn't have any of that going on the boom boom room is unique though and it's a whole room of ice of course and he starts up on a four block platform to the right and if you get stuck underneath that block, if you slide underneath there in the middle of this battle, you're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you cannot get out of there, basically. So very important that you don't do that. Um, he does at least stay bound to the floor, though. He doesn't fly to give you some level of hope. At least, the they switched that, at least they switched that one up, you know, made it made it applicable, like with the ice and made it not just the same thing. I'm going to come here and right. smash this dude with no problem. Yeah, which, yeah, that's if you want to, you know, st- grasp at straws to have complaints for this game. That is certainly one of them that the boom, boom, mini fortress battles be, start to feel very redundant. But Although they're kind of, you know, yeah, that's kind of like the, the Koopa kids, too. I mean, honestly, yep. the, the fortress is the thing with those, I suppose. And yeah. I mean, some of those, honestly, like it's, and again, I've played this game so many times that like, I know what to expect. If you didn't have like some of the, like without putting that aside, like if I hadn't played this, beat this game many, many times, each level, as you progress and get up the worlds, five, six, seven, things get so difficult that you don't really, you don't need that challenge. Right. You get to the yeah, boom, boom. Right. And the, you're like, oh my gosh, let me just yeah. hit this dude three times so I can be done, please. <laughs> With this <laughs> yeah. level. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's uh, I I feel like Dragon Warrior Two is inspiring this thought a little bit, but the that whole fucking diatribe I had about like the victory lap aspect of the of Hargon's Castle, you know, like yeah. the like that it's it's you've already done the hard part. This is just kind of like a little bit of a celebration of your accomplishment, you know. Uh, I feel like the battles themselves, the boss battles themselves, are a little bit of that in this game. Um, the challenges in the level itself. Yeah. 6-8 is weirdly just plain grassy hills with some of the grunt enemies we've seen a lot of in this world. Spikes, Buster Beetles, and Nipper Plants. And there is a fun, perfect 88-block square up in the sky towards the end that you can turn into coins with a P-switch and fly up and grab. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it just kind of felt like... And maybe this is just a furthering of the idea that I was just talking about, but it felt like fluffer to draw out getting to the castle. You know, there's like no... This was like super easy and laid back, you know? Yeah. It's like giving you a little break from it. <laughs> yeah. 
6-9 doesn't have to be, but it is preferentially a frog suit level, so that kind of comes out of right field. It has 6-6 six, six vibes. With the frog suit, you can get around just fine in the water portion, and you can go uh, an above-water route, but it fucking sucks! <laughs> so, yeah, I recommend having a, a frog suit for this. Yeah. You can also P-Wing to a shortcut right to the exit at the very beginning, uh, I saw on the strategy guide, and it's kind of fun. That's why I, we, we were playing... It's like there's two things. So those rooms that you come into in a lot of stages that are just like you have to go in a door or a pipe. You start and it's just an empty screen, no enemies. You have to go in a door or a pipe and it's just kind of like a – I don't even know why they're there almost, you know. Uh, I guess it's story world building or something. But there's those and I'm always – every one of those, I'm always checking for a one-up that's never there like against the wall or something or – thinking about trying to fly up and over something because I know there's like one or two instances in the game where that's the case. And the other one of these is on the airships. One of them has a mushroom or something. You can hit a hidden one after the pipe down to the cab, the Koopa Kid cabin. So like every oh, yeah. one of those levels, I can never remember which one it is. And every one of those levels, I'm always jumping over the pipe and checking every fucking <laughs> empty space, trying to find something that, and I, you know, nine times out of 10, I don't even need what's in it, but I just, it's like, pattern movement i don't know <laughs> I, I did the same thing and then i just kind of stopped because i'm like this is madness i know it's it's one of them, <laughs> but like, i don't need <laughs> to keep doing this yeah. yep. 610 blows nothing to talk about here and then there's a third goddamn fortress which is extreme this is a conveyor belt so it's like it's funny to oh. me that they chose to put that here in because conveyor belts and ice are like the worst things about video games as far as old school oh video yeah games conveyor belts suck yeah man. yeah so it's hilarious to me that they like you know, they could have just made it ice and accomplished the same thing, basically. I guess you have the added thing with conveyor belts of it's it's not just your inertia. It has its own deal going on. So I guess it's not the exact same thing. But it's pretty close. It's a pretty perfect complement, I think. So they are equally bullshit. And then the Boom Boom Room, which uh, you're getting to by the hair of your chin-chin-chin, has five blocks cluttering up the, the jumping space. So there's no cakewalk there either. It's really messy in there. Uh, before the boom boom room, though, there's a cool set piece, a room you fall into out of the doorway from the main conveyor belt, main conveyor belt area, and then down past a few screens of windows. So yeah, this is really cool. You fall down and it's like just a, a pretty, it's not a wide room, but there's all these boo diddly things going on and you have to wait while the door scrolls all the way down for you to access. So you kind of just got to like do a dance with them yeah, to stay alive. To, yeah. To keep, to keep them <laughs> fucking off your ass while you wait for the door to come down so again just only time in the game you see anything like that one time and it's it's you know it's just i just can't believe how much variance there is in the game and i I know i keep fucking beating a dead horse but it's amazing to me how much shit there is in this game there just seem like there's so many levels to this to this world you know what i mean yeah well it's three screens wide so more than any other one it's like oh my gosh this is intense Told you, five and six suck, man. Six more than five. <laughs> so then it's castle time. King has been transformed here into a seal, and he's sitting in the throne, twirling his crown up in the air above him with his nose, you know, which is cute. <laughs> Lemmy Koopa is the adversary aboard the ship, and Jay, could you please hit us with the shit talking that Lemmy has for us? Welcome to Lemmy's Magical Circus, Mario. Would you like to have some fun with these magical balls? See if you can balance yourself on top of them like I can. Ha ha ha. His look is a bit unhinged. Eyes are crossed up, and he's got a mohawk dyed like a rainbow. So this is like, this is the, I don't know, what do you call it? What, what's what's the, the 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 person, the family that's like the, 
fucking goofy one. <laughs> There's a name for it. I can't. It's escaping me right now. But I was thinking more yeah. of Black Sheep, but this dude is definitely Black Sheep. Sheep. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That's what I was trying yeah. to. He's the Black Sheep. But yeah, Black Sheep doesn't have to be like Black uh, Sheep insinuates kind of like a he's like something mild that's dark. Right. Like he's just goofy. I think it's just like the one who's just the oddball. You know. Yeah. He's super super eccentric. Like what are yeah. you doing there? Yeah. The airship is not easy, but they don't throw anything at us that we haven't seen. Down into the cabin with Lemmy, the floor is flat, and he's balanced on, yes, one of those grocery store aisle toy balls uh, that we've talked about before when we first saw this in the instruction manual. And so these more of these balls fire out at a pretty good clip in all directions, and they bounce nearly to the ceiling, and they persist on the screen. So uh, it's uh, reminiscent of the windy battle in that you can... the Shit can it can get pretty busy in that room if you allow the battle to go on long enough for that to be the case. So strike him down early, folks. Yeah, strike these though, at early. least that with the uh, yeah the with Wendy you can't if you hit the rings at all. These you can at least jump off of, so that's a yeah. nice um, difference, I suppose. I would actually, I believe, had to utilize that in order to survive. So yeah, I'm doing. I'm coming in here with the Hammer Brother suit. So I was trying to do this one as Hammer Brother and. I was, yes, at the very end. Like, I literally had him twice and then fucking bounced off a ball. Just like, I was not trying to. It just happened, <laughs> you know. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to pull this off, I don't think. But I got that fun dialogue from the king about borrowing my clothes and saying, uh, like, when I say no to it, he says that's a real drag. So that's the funnest <laughs> one. That so was fun to get. At least you get another P-Wing for defeating for yep. beating that one, though. Yep, yep, yep. And, and the letter with that reads, I am well. Please retrieve the magic whistle hidden in the darkness at the end of the third world. So another case where they're telling you to come back and play the game again. The thing about this fucking letter, like the first first time she does this, she's talking about she's like the bandits in took it east of the dunes, you know. So like that, you can like piece that together as some direction as to how to find the whistle. In this case... She refers to it as the third world, which in all the accompanying literature of the game, manual and guide would be referring to the to water the world. world three. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. It should be third stage. You know, yep. so that's, that's fucking confusing. <laughs> yep. And then to boot, she uses the terminology in the darkness, and that means nothing. <laughs> well, you know? it is, but you have to drop behind the block to go. Right. Exactly. Darkness, like yes, so. you can. It, you it, once you know how to do it. You can piece that together as talking about the end of the stage and being back there, but like, Otherwise, I don't know. I, I don't know how you make that connection <laughs> yeah. without already knowing what yeah. she's talking about. I, I mean, it, at least it makes you start asking questions. I guess you know about there's something there to discover. So I suppose that is it. You know, whatever. But it's definitely you're not going to use that. Like, you need some. Let, basically, let the playground rumor mill begin is really what yeah, that is. Exactly. It's like, you know, <laughs> let's start, let's fucking get the thing tanked together and start working through this as a group because this is not going to get me there alone, you know, which I guess is True. fun. If, if you make it to this point in the game and you don't have that secret, then it's like, and you can't look it up, yeah, good luck figuring it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then we are into World 7. This is the pipe maze. The- description for this is left and right it seems that all you can see is a maze of pipes with so many pipes around there's bound to be lots of plant life to slow mario down don't get discouraged you're very close to your goal and they were right because i could feel browser's bowser's hot ass breath in the back of my neck <laughs> by this point in my play for sure uh and yeah i mean you know i've never 
I never play seven, dude. Like I, I never always have skipped seven. Uh, so this was this felt particularly anew to me playing through this world. Yeah, I when every time I come through here, like if I'm not playing it all the worlds, because you know there's times I do that. Uh, the first time I did this, I remember being I stayed home from school. I was sick, and like we had rented Mar- my dad had rented me Mario three, so I played through every single world and then went back through with the P wings. But, like, unless I'm doing that, I'm, for fun, obviously, you got to play World 1. I might play World 3 or 4, depending on how I'm feeling. 5, not not really 6. But, like, 7 is kind of just like, no, I'm good. I'm moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Which we, I think, funny enough, we did, we went to 7 and then did that in our, in our, how far did we get in our co-op? It was, we were, we played it. We we made in seven. We were through. Oh like, yeah, we did. Actually, yeah, we made it to like, like six, six, seven. Yeah, and they were yeah, just like, all right, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny that we ended up doing that either way. The strategy guy artwork has Hammer Bro Mario atop a series of pipes with all kinds of piranha flora popping out of them. He's firing off his projectiles at them. The data box shows three shroom houses, one of which has just the basic bitch shit, and then there are two with elite power ups. So these are the these are the two best mushroom houses in the entire game mm-hmm. they have frog tanuki and hammer so just like give me you know, it's all, funny give me those <laughs> yeah exactly that those are the ones that give you the three messages with the king you know yeah so yeah those are the, those are the elite one the white shroom house is stage seven two you need 46 coins there to make that happen the map is three screens wide again and made up of little islands with a poi or two on each all interconnected with pipes they have to go through to move to each one and that strategy guide artwork is a 100% accurate depiction of how I roll into 7-1 with my hammer guns a because I beat the castle with Hammer Bro, so that was fun to me. Um, and I think that I was Tanuki going into 6, too, or 5, so I was hmm. just like, I don't know. There's like a, you don't think, you think that this game is completely nonlinear in that regard of like how you play it is not going to match up with some story, you know, but it's just funny to me that I felt some like correlatory nature to my play and what the strategy guy was suggesting the story was, you know, nice, pretty fun. But I'd never really used the hammer brother suit at all in my life. And we haven't talked about it anyways. So um, I, I think yeah. that warrants that it's really nice how you can duck into your shell and be basically invulnerable, which yep. protects you against fire. Um, coming from the pipes and stuff, or from the piranha plants and shit, so that's pretty cool. And then they the hammers everything. Can... Yeah, the hammers kill everything. Like, everything, awesome. Right. Yep, yep. And I was surprised at how you can add some extra zip to the hammer throw by generating some inertia. Yeah, you know what I mean, with Told you, I'm telling you, man, holding B is like the key to everything sure. in this game. Sure. Right? Yeah, no, everything. I mean that's that that's applicable outside of yeah, I mean everything like you said. I I'm always holding B also for the most part. <laughs> but like the fact that it gives you control over that too is I it surprised me. I did not expect that to be the case. This is the I one think- weapon that felt like if I can find this, like hell yeah. Like like this seemed like the holy grail weapon like beyond the tanuki to me like cuz it had the we- has the weird stone aspect which we talked about. But to me like like we, if there was ever a point where we would fight over like a mushroom house or or anything, it's like hammer. I need that. I need that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially here. I mean, there's at least two of them, I suppose. So you know, you if you can come to a democratic, uh, <laughs> you know, fucking resolution of how to how to. 
divvy those up, um, it's at least can be 50-50, which is nice. <laughs> but yeah, I can certainly see how this would could get pretty heated <laughs> if you're not able to have if you're not able to do that as siblings. I can see this being a real, a real uh, fucking oh man, what you, what you, lightning what, rod. What, 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 yeah, lightning rod. What's it called? <laughs> a fire and something. A tinderbox. It can be a real tinderbox. Yeah. That's what I'm searching for. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Uh, so seven two is our white mushroom escapade, and you need to employ some frog suit action if you want. We talked about this when we were playing. So yeah, you need to you go into the sewer area down below, and you hit a P switch, and there's you got there's all this water down there. There's no enemies or anything, but just to be fast enough to get through it and actually get those coins, you're gonna have to yeah. be Frog Mario. So it's kind of uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's really worth it. Basically, giving up your Hammer Brother suit for that, like I don't think so, man. <laughs> hard pass, hard pass. For some coins, no. Yeah. It's just a P-Wing, too, that you get from the house. So, bah. Yeah. 7-3 is one of those get a star in the beginning, keep it going the whole stage if you move your ass levels. And it took me a few tries, but if you <laughs> nail these, they are a fucking blast. And this is the one that we, yeah. we tried a little bit, too. Uh, and there's a Lakitu bastard bombing away from above, so it's all the more satisfying to be invincible and just be like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. 7-4 is underwater, and this sucks. You played this one in the couch co-op. I hated this level, dude. It was so bullshit. Yeah, there was just, again, I'm trying to go through it as Hammer Mario the first, and it was just not happening. Just oh. Not, yeah. No. Well, I see water. If I'm not a frog, it's like, give me the fire. Like, I need fire. But this one, like, and yeah, I, you know, went through it too, even with fire. Like, if you just aren't on your P's and Q's going through those jellyfish, you're getting hit. Like, and then Bertha comes through. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, I think because yeah, you you basically have to just tread water there at the end. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's not it's a tough. long level. It's not a difficult level, but that stretch, that one stretch there, it yeah. just determines whether or not you make it. Yeah, it's just he's a regular old Mario is just not built for for <laughs> swimming for sure. Uh, which I'm sure you know is, is intentional. They kept they kept it that way through. Is there any swimming in two? I can't even remember, but two? one and three for sure. It always yeah, sucks in one and three. I don't one think and three. so. We got the digging and the sand and stuff in two. I don't recall any right. swimming. So yeah, you run the yeah the in the middle. There's like I guess it's worth fully explaining. You 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 like it, it gives you like this open water moment. So you like it it builds the suspense and lets you know you're going to get into something that sucks for sure. Because you go through <laughs> it's just all open water. There's nothing on the screen, and then one of those jellyfish comes in. The bloopers with the kids that they they'll spit them out in all directions, and then yes, you go through. They're called Gelectros. They're everywhere, and the the little tunnel through them is, I mean, maybe two Mario's wide. You know, two my two Mario heights maybe wide. Yeah. So yeah, brutal, brutal, brutal. And then at the very end, there's a big Bertha swimming back and forth, and she is it the one that spits or no? Yeah, this one spits. Okay, this yeah. one spits a little. Yeah, yeah fucking just super it. hard. It called the strategy guide actually calls this the most difficult water level in the game too. So really, that, uh, yeah, it's not a not just a feeling. The the pros at N- Nintendo HQ feel the same way. Seven five is a fun brain teaser of a subterranean pipe maze. You have to go down one, come up another, and hit some coin blocks to create a platform. Then go through and come up a few pipes back, et cetera, et cetera. And I really like these a lot. I told you, you know, once I really started going these these ones that really felt like puzzles. Mm-hmm left me feeling i think the most like fulfilled as far as mario level could you know it was like the building that into these real-time action platformer sequences is really fucking just incredible game design if it's that mario maker two thing it's just like so brilliant obviously they go so much further in those levels but for a base game getting some of that feeling in here was pretty impressive i thought 
We have another one of those non-numbered deals on the next on the next island. It's grouped with a fortress and stage seven six. The strategy guide calls this a giant piranha, piranha plant, and it mm-hmm. requires a heavily choreographed dance with a ton of piranha plants. But it's only yes. a handful of screens long, at least. I mean, yeah, it is. It is you get a P-Wing at the end, so you might as well just P-Wing through it. And just make take that trade and save yourself some stress, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, fun, real cool thing we noticed, too, while we were doing the couch co-op here, that the when it's paused, they kept coming up, you know? Yeah. But, it, but weirdly, it was not... It's just an animation tick, because when, we, when I unpaused it, it wasn't, like, in sync with what I was seeing mm. on the pause screen. It was, like, where it was when I hit pause. So, honestly, I think that's even worse, you know? Maybe they're that, just doing that to throw you off. Like, oh, you I guess you pause so, it and, like, time this? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, really, yeah. I mean, that's probably what it was, you have to assume. Like, why else? Like, they, There's no way to do that. I don't know. Who knows? What do I know about programming? But, uh, you know, you would think that would have to be deliberate. There wouldn't just be some fucking fail state of programming, you know? I, yeah. I guess it's possible, but... Whatever the case, the fortress is next. It's ID'd in the strategy guide as the abandoned fortress. So again, just taking this and doing something a little different. So fucking cool. And it is because it's the boom 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 after closing time is how I I role play this. (laughs) Uh, There ain't no one there but boom boom. And it is mazy to give it some level of challenge. But I stumbled right into the... Which, you know, you have to assume. Because, again, I've never played this level in my life, I don't think. So the fact that I walked in... And found the P switch right away that switches this whole room of bricks into coins is you have to think that's intelligent design that's leading you to, the, to that, you know, in some way, shape or form sub, uh, oh, yeah. subconsciously. It's, it's good because like this is this is not a particularly long castle to me, but it you kind of have to know where you're going because you can easily just loop around. Oh, and loop, just get yeah, lost for sure. And, yeah. yeah. So yeah. simple, but you got to simple, but well done. Yep. So yeah, it, it, it this it calls the strategy guy calls this room in the, in the beginning here the ultimate one up factory, and you can um, <laughs> you can get a tanuki suit. So it's another example where they give you a tanuki suit in the level. So that's cool. Uh, but you can get that and then loop back and do this, hit that P switch, and just I mean you can you know you don't if, if you know where you're going, you can blow through this level in like fucking including the boom boom fight in like I don't know fucking sixty seconds maybe or mm-hmm. sixty timer ticks. So. You can really stack one ups here if you if you want before you head into eight, which is a nice thing. Part of the actual track through this is you go into this room that is com- like the, the 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 closing time boom boom thing. It's like a completely empty room. They have like the roto disc red dots, but there's no dot going around it. They have the the ghost flat things with the ghost coming out of each side of them. You know. Um, the bo- the booze that are like attached to a platform, the, but the, those aren't there, you know. So again, I don't know. They just fucking I don't know. They're drunk and went home. I don't know why they're not there, but <laughs> uh, they're not. But yeah, this was another. Uh, you know, I didn't know how to get through it the first time. So even finding that P switch initially, I was still fucking looping around and having some difficulty here. So I didn't think to check the ceiling, which is what you have to do in that room. You have to fly up, and there's a pipe just in one little area that you got to fly into to get to the boom boom room. So yeah, I got into this. I got into boom boom's lair with maybe thirty five ticks left on the clock and beat him with 19 left. So nice. you can beat boom, boom and 16 ticks. If, you, if you're, if you're really motivated, <laughs> Dude, I, I had a similar experience. I forgot like the loop around, but I def, I did remember like I'm flying up. Cause I know there's gotta be something up there. That part I distinctly remember. Yeah. Those rooms are so dis- visually distinct that it's probably once you do it, they're probably, that's probably stuck in your craw for the rest like, of your life. I would think. <laughs> 
7-6 is a light box puzzler on a vertical ascent, and they add in the ability slash need to clip off one of the side of the screen and come in the other. So that's, again, just cool. Taking these vertical shaft climbs one little step more and allowing you to loop around to the other side of the screen, you know, kind of Pac-Man style. So that one's cool. 7-7 seven, seven is another keep the star alive burner, and the whole damn level is covered in the small piranha flowers, and I couldn't do it. Oh. lost my Tanuki suit. I think this is where we... This was the one, I think, that we... We didn't beat seven, yeah. yeah we couldn't we beat this level, and then there. we just... I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna use my whistle. <laughs> <laughs> seven, eight is tricky shit, but nothing all that noteworthy in here other than a hammer bro suit. This is where you get the hammer bro suit in the level. And... Um, that's pretty much it for that. 7-9 is, yet again, something completely anew. The strategy guide tagline is a different type of pipe maze that nails it. And this is... So, actually, no, we did play this because yeah, we, did we did do this one. Yep. Yeah. So, this is... Yeah, it's it's basically like one of those pipe structures that... There's a few of them. These are more prominent in World 2, actually. There's a few of these where you have to. They're just like the big, the skinny pipe structures. And they have little holes in, in them. And you got to, like, yeah. work your way down to a pipe that's inside one of them. So... This is the one where you can definitely run out of time for sure, oh, yeah, and yeah. you have to be big. Like I, yeah. I won't say this is one of my favorite. This is actually no. This is one of my favorite levels because I always remember it. It's always distinctive, and I'm always like, if I'm that big, like I might as well just die and get an, an item and come back. Yeah, it's 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 really well done. Because yeah, yeah, if you skip it and think you can like fly through it, you get to the end, you're like, ah. Oh, what yeah. do I do? <laughs> nothing over there. There's a couple yeah. wooden blocks and fucking nothing. Second Fortress hits next, and it is a doozy. Uh, I made it through on my first run as Fireball Mario until I graciously accepted a coon suit offered to me late in the stage. <laughs> and I think it, it might be uh, a top five gaming moment for me. Finest gaming moment for me all time. Like, it's like this lava pipe platform piranha thwomp extravaganza, and I just... Could not believe that none of it caught me, you know. I just it was one of those things where you're just like perfectly like you feel you see the, the matrix. Like you see the yeah. matrix, yeah. <laughs> see the matrix. Yeah, this one this one is not easy, so map. Yeah. And this yeah, this actually has one of the duck things too, towards the end. So there's this like right at the run up to the boom boom room where you you have to you have to run, duck, slide beneath the wall opening, and there's an orbiting disco ball, one of the rotodisc things, patrolling the gap. And like the, it actually passes through the gap. That you have to slide through. So you got to like run, slide through this thing with it timed to this thing and then get your ass back up <laughs> fast <laughs> enough and run and start climbing those steps, you know, just so yeah, the smallest sliver of, of, of room to make that th- uh, through without getting hit. Yeah, yeah I, oh, I my felt like a fucking superhero rolling into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only thing left before the castle is another giant piranha plant standing guard outside of it on the map. And this is just a th- complete throwaway level, like total cake relative to the first piranha plant. Uh, I don't even understand why they put this here. It's just a waste of time. <laughs> even down to the basic, they give you a mushroom as the reward from it. So it's like, even down to that, it's just like, like what? basic bitch, what? useless shit. I mean, I guess, like you said, if you're playing this game totally straight on OG hardware, every item matters because you get into eight and like, I would just wish I was big going into this, you know, yeah. it was definitely a thing. So, I mean, I'm, it's a little bit of a luxurious perspective, I suppose, with how we're playing it from a modern, uh, safe state way. But so castle time now let's really do this thing. The King here is now a piranha plant sitting in a tiny pipe in front of the throne. <laughs> Crown on its head. That's pretty fun. 
And the Koopatot is Ludwig von Koopa, yes. who has a single fang protruding down from his upper lip, uh, or from his upper jaw, rather, and a hairstyle that I have to think is going for some Beethoven shit. I think that's what they're thinking Ludwig, there. Ludwig, yeah, Ludwig yeah, von yeah. Koopa, come on. Right, yeah, that's yeah. why he's my favorite dude. Look at that hair. The hair's great. It's like yeah. just almost like Wolverine style, but blue. <laughs> yeah, blue. That's, that's a good comparison, too. I like that. I like that. So his shit talking reads, and this is... Uh, a German accent, like, this is not my bag. Indian accent is not my bag, but... We shall see if you can defeat me, Mario. I combine all the attacks of my younger brothers and sisters. I am the ultimate Koopaling. I see you trembling, Mario. Why don't you just go home? <laughs> so. I love the Vs, the German right. uh, accent yep. there. The airship is long as fuck! And I nailed it the first time yet again. Very so, nice. I don't know, I was really feeling the flow on this. This part of the game. Uh, Lud- Ludwig got me, though, the fucker, when I got in there. So oh. I, made it through the fu- yeah, I beat the stage and then fucking got it there and got <laughs> fucked by him. It's, not a, t- it's yeah. not a tough airship, I don't think. I feel like this is a... It's longer, but it's not like a difficult airship, especially at this yeah, point. Yeah, it, no, it doesn't have a lot of like really hectic moments, but it is very, very long. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just pee through the fucking second time and just <laughs> thought I wasn't going to fucking do it again. Uh, but as far as battle mechanics go, he's a stocky little fellow, and that heft justifies the sledgehammer bro skill of being able to stunlock you. So same as Roy, basically. Uh, another big boy, uh, if you will. Uh, and otherwise, that's just the wand, same wand bullshit. He's not particularly fast or anything, so it's just that to deal with. And once changed back, the king reminds us of, reminds me rather, of one of the characters from the old claymation Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Christmas specials. Uh, I don't know if you remember that one or not. But. <laughs> I can see that, yeah. yeah. Uh, he says the same thing as always and gives you a letter he says is from the princess, but it's not from the princess. It reads, yo! Which is a great opening. <laughs> uh, I kidnapped the princess while you were running around. <laughs> he's, he's here. She's here in my castle if you dare to try and rescue her. Ha, 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 ha. King of the Koopa. And there's a lot here to digest. Um, there's great condescension at the opening there with the while you were running around. I really like right. that. Like yeah, it's a very, <laughs> very condescending way to put that. And or just, you know, whatever playing the game. And I think it suggests that he just kidnapped her. And I don't know if you remember doing it, but we had a whole fucking yep. thing about like what the fuck is going on there, you know, why is she tied to the in the art, why is she tied to the thing? How is she writing us these letters and stuff? So there you go. Um, shut up dickheads uh, it makes perfect sense and also he signs it as king of the koopa and i've never seen or heard that exact title i really dig it that's pretty fun it's funny that's uh that's actually how he's referred to in the movie like king of the koopa so i'm like okay really? yeah yeah huh? fascinating yeah i mean if they were you know that that's you would i would love to i don't want to watch that movie um really with <laughs> oh any, it's a good movie you know, oh. i mean you know maybe i'll watch it eventually but I would like to hear the story of the development of the script a great deal. Like, where exactly are they? Where from the IP? Like, an IP, a video game IP this big. Like, they just announced the fucking Zelda movie, which... Did they? You know, I missed it. Yeah, they just announced that. So, the it's already, like, the Zelda world is already notorious for being, like, a fucking mess story-wise. Because they've tried to, like... It's compounded by the fact that they have tried to, Nintendo, I mean, has tried to release a timeline at some point or another to explain it all. And, like, when it was ambiguous and kind of just fucked up and, like, everyone is whatever, 
everyone kind of just accepted it. But mm-hmm. when Nintendo tried to like put out like a justification for it all, they've they've really this is like one of the things that got a lot of <laughs> shit talking about. So the point being, the IP is already kind of linear uh, or story wise a little bit of a mess. So trying to do us a a, a a film, you know, a concise storytelling from video game lore that spans 30 years that hasn't always had like a really good and well paid attention to effort to make it all work story wise you know it's already like a little bit of a time bomb as far as a tinderbox again if you will of like fucking it's not might not work too well so i'm curious exactly how they decided to pull all the story world elements and you know like you piss motherfuckers off and like the movie will get roasted and loser ass Corporate entities are really worried about that shit. So I'm just, I'm really curious to know how they made it all work. You know, you should watch the movie. I'm telling you, it's, it's so straightforward. Like you will, you watch him like, oh, that makes total sense. Like I, I get it. Like I, I I can't, I can't explain that without giving it away. I think it's worth watch. It's not a long movie and it's not something that you're going to be like, you know, is a cinematic masterpiece of like filmmaking, whatever, but it's, it's fun. You'll enjoy it. And you'll be like, that was a good movie. You know, and you'll be able to pick as as somebody who's played multiple Mario movies, uh, Mario games over the years. You'll be like, oh, I get that. Yep, I see what they yeah. did there. Like, okay, it. okay, yeah, maybe eventually, eventually, without trying to make it like a like I, I would imagine with Zelda, it'd be tougher because there is a more like timeline based. Like, this is what happened, and this happened. But Mario's a little more free. Like, you have the worlds that kind of go, and the general right. general story is story means less in Mario for sure. Us. You know, that's the yeah. general story. But yeah. this is, uh, they do it in a different I way. I can see it's, that. Yeah, no, I would not want to be good. fucking. It's worth the checkout. The poor, the poor bastards that are going to write the Zelda script. That's their life. I'm, I'm guessing is going to be pretty tough <laughs> while they're doing that. <laughs> not yeah. going to be a pleasant creative experience. Uh, there's no treasure from Bowser. The fuck? Uh, so it is just on to World 8. After these messages, we'll be right back. Mario! Look, Ronald! Mario's mystery block makes him big! And my magic box <laughs> makes us lunch! <laughs> What's in McDonald's Happy Meal? One of four Nintendo Super Mario Brothers 3 toys. A Mario toy that jumps. Or an acrobatic little Goomba. A pullback Luigi. Or a hopping Koopa Paratroopa. One toy with each Happy Meal you buy. That is a 1990 Super Mario Brothers 3 McDonald's Happy Meal commercial. And what's the deal with that music? That is not any Mario crank that I know. That is weird. Like, yeah. You would expect it to be just like your standard Mario music, but maybe they right. couldn't. Maybe rights wise, would it cost more? That I don't. I don't know. I don't know how that works. It's weird. Funny. I just heard uh, one of my. I think it was like a, a podcast ad or something. The they opened the Super Mario World at Universal Studios, and like, is it? It was not exactly the same thing, but it was kind of weird again. It was like the. It was like a normal Mario song that they were playing behind the, mm-hmm. the copy read, but. Something was off, you know, so I don't know. Maybe there's like some sort of, I'm sure it costs, I'm sure whatever, like, I'm sure that music has royalties to yeah, it, you know, for sure. so, there, so there's probably some fucking financial reason for all that to be wonky, you know, <laughs> uh, but if you're going to do it, you need to do it right and give us the right music. Come on now. Yeah. Give us what we expect. You would think you would, or you would hope, I suppose. Uh, I do wish there was anything in my life that even came close to the happiness eight-year-old me got. 
from a McDonald's Happy Meal, though. <laughs> yes, I had that Mario. I remember getting that Happy Meal with that Mario spring. Like, yeah. all right, it's got a jump function. Cool. Yep. Opening those cardboard M handles and digging into the fries while you unwrap the toy. Pure serotonin. Yes. <laughs> I haven't had. When's the last time you had McDonald's, Jay? McDonald's? Yeah. It's been months. I, I've had it at some point in the last year, but it's been oh, months. Man. Jesus, yeah. dude. But and even that was like, I think it's because Courtney like got it for the kids or something, you know. I did. I think the last time I ate at McDonald's might have been like 1998. Or something. <laughs> yeah, because you don't have kids. Like I've definitely had it like multiple <laughs> times because of them for sure. <laughs> well, I wonder how crazy are fucking Happy Meals these days. Does it I mean, come with like? Do they come with an iPad app? Do you have to download something? <laughs> No, uh, the last time the last time I got a happy meal, there probably is some. There probably is an app, and there probably is something to download. I don't even, even if you're not know. doing. It, I bet there is. Maybe I, so. Yeah. I know the last one I got for for Ezra um, had Black Panther characters in it, so it was like when Wakanda ever came, Wakanda forever came out, so it came with Black Panther characters. That was pretty cool. That's. I'm a. I guess it doesn't really surprise me, but like, I don't know. I've heard, you know, I've heard McDonald's is, it's, they're struggling. Like it's comparatively compared to their historical nonstop, yeah, nonstop growth. They're struggling to, in a, in a more health conscious society, keep themselves relevant and whatever. So I like, I hear there's like this constant struggle. Some of the, I don't know, I think it was fucking the stuff you should know about some fucking business or something thing I was listening to was talking about how they're like constantly reinventing the menu and like all these things are trying to do to like whatever. So like the idea that they're still, they can't be doing too bad if like the main, like the mainstream IPs like that are still dropping to paying to drop toys into their fucking happy meals, you know? And I guess maybe that raises the question, is that, you know, of course there's incentive from the IPs, but at some point or another, has this like the the tide shifted a little bit where McDonald's is more either willing to reduce Seeking the them. cost or more yeah. subsidized. Like you know, like who is the are they trying harder to keep that stuff and are they subsidizing in some way? That that'd be an interesting little business case study too to to hear like how that's changed if it's changed. Yeah. Yada yada. I feel like they'd have to be at this point because I even like I've clearly had many burgers. Like I have kids. Like sometimes you just got to have something quick, you know, but. I'm not opting for McDonald's. I'm opting for something healthier. You know what I mean? That digs five guys, something that's more expensive, but I know it has quality ingredients. Like it's, it's rare that I'm opting for McDonald's. It's really gotta be, I'm driving. We're going to visit Courtney's grandparents, like six hours away on a drive. That's the only place I can stop. (laughs) Say in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the rest stop (laughs) only has so many options. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. That's not, there's not more. I don't know. It's surprising that there, there's been some degree, like, you know, it's, it's, it's still, and like I feel like Panera has degraded immensely since oh, for sure, twenty years man. ago when I was actually kind of into it, uh, or not twenty years, well probably I guess twenty years ago. College is what I'm thinking of, yeah. and that's twenty years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> wild to say out loud, but whatever the case, yeah, I, I feel that's degraded a little. But even that, like even like a degraded version of Panera is still better than McDonald's, you know. So there has been some level of like you know even like a shitty truck stop and Bumblefuck is going to have a little bit better options, but yeah. not quite maybe what you're looking for. Whatever the case. 
Oh, not our job to fix the dietary uh, availability <laughs> problems of the world or United States or whatever. World 8, Castle of Koopa, the manual description, there isn't one. Uh, it just says the Dark Land in the manual, and there's a blurb from Lemmy Screwy Ass that I read in the last episode. The strategy, gu- strategy guide calls it Castle of Koopa, and the artwork has Bowser's punk ass atop a Lincoln log tank firing at <laughs> Kun Mario, who is hurtling the cannonball as he sweats in pursuit. And there is no world data box, no white mushroom, no bullshit. Just careening towards Bowser's castle. Yeah, buddy. And the map here takes a stark turn towards dark. And the fire-ass music track accents that perfectly. The orange and brown color palette uh, is going on here. And there's campfires. Replace the animated foliage in the previous stages. Though from map screen to map screen, there's four of them that changes. The water is lava, and there's a not-cute pond of that taking up the right half of the single screen of real estate that you start on. And there's no ta- stage... There's no tage, 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 tage. <laughs> There's no stage tiles to be seen, just a tank and an airship guarding a couple of pipes. We have no choice but to start with the tank, and the stage is a huge auto-scroll procession of the Lincoln Log tanks that are absolutely covered with angled cannons firing both standard cannonballs and bob bombs, and they work in quite a few of the little red reskinned maintenance dudes, the Rocky Wrenches. Yeah. And the very last tank has a giant cannon that fires faster than usual, and it fucking absolutely clipped my ass going through here. <laughs> uh, that, that's like a very, I don't know, they like change the cadence of it up, you know? Yeah. Uh, it both fires faster and more quickly. Like usually when a cannon comes on screen, you have it gives you a moment to like see it. Yep. And then make a choice. This one's this like, one's boom. Like, you yeah, second it gets on screen, just like fucking fire you. Yeah, so uh, pretty tough. The caboose on the train is a pipe going down to a cabin with the wimpy tank commander. That's how the strategy guy turns this, <laughs> this dude. It's a blue reskin of a boomerang, bro. And expeditiously dispatching him, that's a invincibility star for your inventory, and you head back to the map. I actually got through this on the first try when I was fucking playing for the <laughs> oh, first did player you really? one. Yeah, but we were going, yeah... It, when we were playing the the couch call, man, we were struggling our asses off with this. Yeah, um, yeah, I but think. We, yeah, but we also came here small, like it was different. You know, it wasn't I? I wasn't focused. I was like, yeah, this is fun, whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, Slipping, but I mean, I'm you know, I guess yeah. I mean, I was coming off that. Like I said, I was I was feeling the fucking flow when I was playing the one. I was I was blowing through those last few World Seven stages when I was ripping into this. So maybe I was just in a better flow, I guess, but. Um, I also think, yeah, I think there's a, I mean, you had the controller issue. I think there's some lag period with all that shit going on. Probably, I think it's a, felt a little different for sure. Yeah. This, uh, outside of that though, this is honestly my favorite world. I, I know it's the last world, but visually, from a visual standpoint, like all the lava, everything, it's just so distinct and different. And we haven't really talked about it, but like, this is the first Mario game. Like obviously Mario 1, okay, you, you have, you always, having different worlds is a staple of Mario. But in, in Mario 1, they weren't really distinct. Like, you had different levels, but they weren't d- distinct. Mario 2 was its own thing. But this, having every world be, a, like, either it's... Distinctly it's themed. Just, yeah. yeah, distinctly themed. And then this one coming in, kind of getting away from all the things you've seen in the prior levels. No level numbering. Just kind of ships and stuff. You're like, what is going on here? It's just yeah. visually, I really... I just get excited when I get here. And it's part of the reason why, even when I play this, like, I've played it multiple times and want to just, like get the warp whistle to get here. Cause I don't know. It's something about it. It's just fun. It's tougher. And it's like the, the run up to Bowser. I don't know. It's just, it's exciting to me. You know, it's funny that you say that because yes, I come in here. Cause you know, 
I've never beat this game, but I've been in World 8 a million times because even if it's only just warp whistling here, you know. But coming in here and playing this first level, I got a whole nostalgia vibe. But mm. it was not a it's not a positive one. Oh really? This is, yeah, this is this is the this is the first step on the road I can't finish. That's what this uh, is. You know what I mean? Fair, that, yeah. That's what it feels like to me. Like, yeah, I've warp whistled here countless times and shit, and it just it just puts a bad taste in my mouth because you come here <laughs> and like you have a you're burning through a bunch of the the items that you had, you know, you don't have a bunch of anyways. You either warp whistled here and didn't accumulate a bunch. Or you fucking had to use a bunch to get through seven or what you know what I mean? Like whatever whatever the case, you don't come in here like just flush with uh assets, you know, if you play it the normal way. So yeah, historically, this level means to me like fuck, here we go again, you know. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's just I don't know, it was uh I don't know, a weird feeling of just like an ominous feeling, I guess maybe mm. is a good adjective for it, but not this time, though, Bowser. Fuck you. I'm coming, man. I'm fucking coming. I got save scums under my uh, in my tool belt, and you're fucked, buddy. <laughs> so you get through that one, and the next one is in... Uh, it's not an airship, I guess. It's an actual ship. It's floating in the lava, and it, it is just an exponentially messier version of the same thing as the tank. Or this one's not even lava. It's just like liquid because you can actually well swim it is lava but you can't i mean i get yeah what you say like yeah. fucking orange kool-aid like i don't know like what is the <laughs> i mean it's supposed to be lava it's got to supposed to be lava. what else is it you know uh but yes you can swim in it uh i did not think to use the cheese where you can just bop underneath the, the thing and swim underneath the boats and even though i did know it i have used it before and died many times trying to do it like i mentioned in our couch co-op like i have many a times as a child trying to bumping up the front of the boat and you gotta like you gotta like let yourself sink down just enough just to get enough. underneath yeah. otherwise you'll get fucking auto scrolled and killed against the left side of the screen but if you go too far down yes you'll also die so it's i don't know for obviously everything is easier as an adult than a kid so that's the difference there <laughs> but uh yeah i didn't think to do it the, so I actually played through this normally when I when I played it. The the rocky wrenches are back to yellow on this level for some mm. reason, and I can't come up with a rationale for that. Like why? Maybe they're a different uh, type of just you know what I mean. Like you have blue Koopa, the, na- the na- shells, navy green, navy in the in the army. Like they are different parts of the army. They just <laughs> have different, so. different uniforms. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but there are a shit ton of the giant cannons here, and then the captain's cabin is a uh, mobile boom boom room. So yeah. you have you do boom boom at the end of this through the pipe the airship defeat unlocks and you're on the second map screen the skulls are now the main animated decoration so yeah in each map screen that kind of changes the decor a little bit and that's pretty fun there is a hall of campfires here too and the path through it has tiles with a bit of rng to them like as you're going yeah. through um these hands can come up and pull you down into the stage sometimes they do sometimes they don't so the there's three stage possibilities so every other one on, a, on the five tile deal and there's three different kinds of stages each one actually represents like i, I kind of thought maybe they'd just be random really looking at it but it, it mm-hmm. turns out i think they're matched up to a certain one yeah. Of them. but yeah so there's one hammer brothers fight over some lava and you do what you do like a fireball uh, uh yeah fireball hammer bro two regular hammer bros there's a sledge one at the very end. There might be another one between the regular and the sledge guy. But basically just a run of a Hammer Brother gauntlet. And then there's one that's just platforming uh, over top of a lava river with some fireball shit. And then a cheap, cheap. The freaking fish yeah. one. The flying cheap, cheap fish bridge, one, yeah. Oh. That makes you do one of those slide deals that I uh, have talked about a bunch. So pretty fun. Like They're not terribly hard. They're relatively short. And honestly, the strategy guy puts it as like they're kind of like they consider them to be a... 
like a an asset to a player because they're relatively easy and you get a leaf at the end That's of them that for your true. inventory, you know. So they give you a power up, which, like I said, are at a premium in a world with no fucking mushroom houses or anything. So, so you go through those, however many of them you have to play, and then you have another ship waiting you. And this is a like the actual uh, icon for it on the screen. It looks less imposing, more dingy like, but it is an actual airship, and the auto scroll on it is absolutely hauling ass, man. <laughs> this is the one. That I always made sure I need to have one P wing on me in P weight in, in That's world. Smart. And it's for that this is one. Smart. Because as you saw, like as we did during our Cots co op, you know, you can definitely make it if you have a tail. Like you gotta you gotta be on your P's and Q's because even where you land is gonna be small. You don't really have much runway to even land and get that next jump before it auto scrolls you off. So as a kid, we would always P wing this level. It's like, yep, oh, got the ship, P wing time. Smart without Not a bad idea. attempt it. <laughs> this is this is another one though, dude, where I the first time I played it. I got through it like miraculously to me. Cause yeah, I mean, it is like literally, I mean, to be doing it at like the most highly tuned way still feels like you are right on the edge of, yep. of fucking not making it, you know? Yep. So yeah, I just, I, mean, I couldn't believe I made it through it. And then I get through it and boom, boom, caught me slipping. Like, oh. I don't know if I must have just been so like, I must have <laughs> been so like, I don't know, frazzled that I survived that, that I get down in the boom, boom fucking fight kills me, which is insane. <laughs> but yeah, I was, I was so disgusted. Uh, um, but yeah, you have to. I mean, whether you're peace winging or not, I mean, it's you have to be. You have to have a coon tail, whether you're a tanuki yeah. or raccoon. It's, you have to have that, like, be able to just jump and like get out of something and kind of like float to a safe yeah. area. Like, if, without that, if you're just at the mercy of gravity, you're this is you're so hard. There's some of them are just like the huge gaps too. You have to jump. It's insane. And where you have to land is even harder because you have to land on top of a on top of the the bomb thing that shoots out the bombs or on top of just the one skinny platform because yep. you'll fall or the between. dudes the little asshole's head you gotta yeah. like pop off the guys you know and like the way it times out it's in just kind of a minute thing but the way the your progression to the level times out and the way they have those mechanic the rocky wrench guys like you're never able to just hit them on your land you always if you want to take them out which maybe you don't have to, but they can throw a wrench after you go past them. So it's good to do so. Mm-hmm. So you're inclined to do so to make your life easier down the road. But you need to like basically do another little jump to kill them as they pop back up just as you land. So like it's just another nanosecond that you have to waste before you can prepare to make the next jump. And there's never even – like you have to deal with that. And then there's never enough room to really get a good run to do a big jump. So it's just – yeah, everything about it. It's just – I mean it might be the worst platforming thing in the game. You know, oh, for I mean, sure. For sure. Yeah. This is the only. This is the only one that I say the only level in the entire game that I automatically pee wing on without even thinking about it. The only one. Every other one, I'll at least try. You know, but this one is not even. No, fuck we're it, not yeah. even talking about it. No, but this isn't any fun. I'm not gonna have any fun. <laughs> no better. So through another pipe. After that, to the third map screen, and here is a pitch black. It's all pitch black weather, except a small spotlight being shown on Mario, so you can't see what the hell is coming up ahead. And I was actually surprised that they don't. Like, I expect that I saw that and I expected them to start exploiting that immediately. And that you're going to like be walking, there's multiple paths, and you're just going to walk onto something you don't even know is there, and it's going to auto start a stage. But you don't actually. This is like they start giving you normal stage tiles here that you have to go on to and then yeah. hit the A button to actually enter. And that kind of surprised me. So we have 8 1 here. They don't consider any of those airships and tank processions and what have you to be actual stages. So 8-1 is, yes, this is where my journey usually ends when I'm playing Mario 3. This is the really? stage that I can't beat. 
Oh. Yeah, it's an absolute motherfucker. I played it a few times, and I, I, I had to do a walk away. I had to do just walk away from the game for a bit and come back. It's uh, This is a really, really difficult stage. It's a, it's a mashup of the worst Mario 3 stage bullshit packed as tightly into a cacophony of asshole enemies as, as possible, as you could possibly do. Uh, they do a lot of that white block shit to jump mm-hmm. at the end. And the, I told you, like even when you're not dealing with la- lag or anything, those are just... I hate those parts of this game. You can They're never dependable. I don't give a shit how good you are at this game. I don't believe they're ever fully dependable. They should be. It, did, it, did, it didn't feel like that if there's, any bit of imp, if there's any bit of input lag. Absolutely not. You're screwed. Don't even. Yeah. That, that's the thing. Like, I think that's what also made this, obviously, playing it on OG hardware, like, easier. Because you can much more rely on that and expect that, you know. But it's it's still, this is still a difficult level. I'm not even... I'm not even mad at you for for having struggles. Like this. This is not, <laughs> yeah. not I mean, easy. it's got at the end. It's got one of those where you and like the thing is like I can everywhere else in the game with those things. Like yeah, they might fail you, but you don't have to. You don't need inertia to get to the next place they're getting you to. You can if you if you don't get the right jump and you are really paying attention, you have time to register that and not progress and let yourself come back down and try again. In this case, you have to do it mid jump yeah. to get to a high pl- a high pipe over a chasm after it so like if you don't get it right the first time you're dead you know so just yeah brutal that complete and total bullshit in my yeah. opinion this this would if you have an extra p-wing a solid level to use it on if you got one so yeah this was a situation i kept dying at this and then i actually realized and i kind of couldn't believe it once i noticed it you could fly at the beginning of the stage though yeah, there's there's runway the key. <laughs> yeah, there's there's runway to build up your P meter and just fly over this shit, which is so nice. <laughs> uh, you can and there's actually a pipe up in the sky too that you can go down and and get a giant block with some one ups yeah, and shit. Extra so one ups. Really, yeah, and you can actually. Or I this was again just chance. So I come into here and this is one like that area that hidden area. It's a right to left scenario where you go down these. You go down like. Uh, a few kind of steps, you know, mm-hmm. and I was able to come out of that area with my P-Wing meter filling up or b- becoming full or still flow, uh, full, whatever. And I basically was flying as I came out of the pipe, which I didn't know was physically possible. So I was, I was basically able to skip this whole level for all intents and purposes. Yeah, I came out of that (laughs) pipe mid-flight and could fly again to get to the end. So, yeah, I just didn't didn't know that that was possible. 8-2 is a night desert level. And yeah, I know that 8-1 is the end of my path because I, when I normally play this the rest of my life because I've never seen this level in my entire life. It's (laughs) it's a very distinct looking level, you know. So so I take it you did not go take the trick down in this one in the quicksand? That's my always go-to. Like, yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's it's got it's it has one of the angry suns in it, you know, which is yeah. again I I didn't like I that's my favorite thing in the game that level in in World Two. So the fact I didn't know that it reappeared is kind of crazy to me. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you can there's there's some quicksand in the beginning. You can skip all this and just go right down to a secret room. Color pipes that basically take you to the stage. Skip all the dumb shit. You do have to do a couple more of the music note block jumps right mm-hmm. at the end there but other than that it's basically a, a, a jujim's cloud of this place yep. uh, so the fortress is next and jesus christ with this level the the whole thing is a master class in run around and deception but really all you need to do is just skip everything and go to the end you know uh which all the it's it's funny it's great game design because it 
they have spent an entire game ingraining into you the need to approach these like a maze. You know what I mean? So the idea that you get to this last one and, you know, you expect it to be like the most epic of all those and in actuality, you don't need to do that it's at all. Not, you just yeah. go straight to the end, you know, so so good so so yeah my first time through i almost got it dude like i did a little <laughs> bit of the runaround shit but i eventually decided i was like dude the timer's fucking like i didn't i'm just gonna go to the, see where i get to you know yeah. and you get all the way to the end and you have to do this thing where you hit a you hit a p switch and it makes a couple of doors appear and it looks like you need to do, you just need to like hit that block and go up and go in the one that you can see. But you actually have to go to one that's on a one, like a one tile wide platform at the very, by the wall, you know. And I just didn't think to go over there and look, you know. So yeah, I had the timer run out of me fucking on this the first time. Uh, I was pretty bummed out. So I, I get out of that and I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm not doing that again. And just searching around with, because I didn't even know, because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, you know. You don't know that you, you, you could have went wrong anywhere. So, like, I, I didn't I, – the timer ran out of me. And I was like, I am not going to spend a whole another 400 ticks searching again. So I look at the guide and I see that it was, like, right next to where I was at. And I was like, oh, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so close. So close. But yet so far. The, but, yeah, that door takes you to the boom boom room. And this is on a conveyor belt for the first time. So – um, you know, just a little bit of a tweak. There's no obstructions in the room, though. So actually, even with the conveyor belt, it's not. I would still say that ice room one is is worse. Yeah, because you have that shit to deal with and the ice. Plenty of air clearance here and here, though. After the fortress, you go into a pipe tucked behind that, and you pop out on the last of the world eight map screens, and it is a straight shot east west path from the pipe to Bowser's castle. There's one tank guarding a locked door in the way. And the map has a few mushrooms lining the road and a castle wall tile all around the periphery. So I really like this is a cool looking map screen for sure for the final for, for Bowser's Castle. And Bowser's Castle is pink and it has some Castle Grayskull vibes going on with it. Some, <laughs> it has eyes and, and the yeah. mouth has teeth, you know. So that was also fun. Let's see what the fuck this goddamn tank got, and or ha- has got rather, and if I'm just gonna pee wing or not. <laughs> and it actually, I mean, you know, compared to some of those early auto scrolls, I would say it's not a cakewalk, but it was pretty doable. I would say yeah. I don't think it's again like they're not giving you the most difficult thing in the game right before the castle, which was nice. Uh, I was able to, I uh, wasn't able to drag my tanuki through, uh, but when the pipe down scrolled onto screen i was like oh i was like surprised to see it you know i felt like i expected more uh, and then there's just a boom boom room with the most basic boom boom tussle you could possibly have after that. <laughs> yeah. so then bowser's castle and dun, dun, dun. yeah how much sweat off your brow is this this late in your smb3 career jay how much is this not at all nothing is, it's still Still memorize, still remember steps, all the places to go. It's, I'm telling you, man, this is this is one of the few games in my life. Like, I'm not a person that likes to replay games, really. Like, unless it's a like a game like Halo Infinite or Call of Duty, where I'm playing for the PvP aspect for those short 15, 20 minute play sessions, and I'll come back outside of a story. This is the this is one of the few games that I have played many times, beat many times, and keep enjoying it. And re- and as a result, remember all the things. So, like, the iconic stretch that you mentioned with the pink mushrooms leading up to the castle. Every time I see that, it's like, oh, yes, happy nostalgic vibes. Let's go. Because I also remember struggling into that castle, 
struggling and butting my head up against the wall for the first time, yeah. like so many times, and just I like never, never oh. in, had seen this screen. Oh, so yeah, it was, it was, it was cool. It, so exciting to actually come back here and like, yes, I, I, I remember, and we'll get to it. Like once you actually beat him, the ecstasy I felt, like yes, and then because the first time I beat it, I immediately came back through again with the P wings and stuff and played through the game again to beat it again. Really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's there's not a lot of games you finish and you want to play again, so that's that's a hell of a testament. Yeah, so I head in here. I mentioned I I got this huge stockpile of dope ass items I haven't used yet, and yeah. you know I'm like it, it occurs to me how much of a loser I am for that to be the case. You know that I'm like saving things for what? You know we talked about it in the couch co-op too. But so yeah, I come into this. I'm like okay, well I'm going all out. I'm fucking Tanuki suit and a star for my first time in here. You know. Okay. Yeah, so it starts and I'm invincible, so I just like start hauling ass right away. So you pass you know, the laser eyes. Exactly. Yeah, so, you, so I run right past those sentries, which was great. Yeah, there's like these they're they're elevated Bowser statues that they pop off these laser blasts at 45 degree angles downward at you. So yeah, it was awesome foresight using that star because coming back through here again, uh, I you realize that you can't just run past them. You have to if you just run, the, the middle one catches you. You know, so. Yep. You have to kind of increment your way through those. Uh, so yeah, so you get past that. So I, 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 I'm hauling ass to get past them. So you get the, you go up these stairs afterwards, and I just fly up those because I built up enough piece shit running right. So I fly up those, and you get to the landing, and you can see the chasm above you. So the assumption is you need to go up, sure, but you can't see any platform or anything, you know. So I just run right past it and fly off that fucking, that little blue platform Did that appears <laughs> and it flies up past me and there's not enough room up there to run again, you know, just to fly. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So there's a door. So you had to go through the door and it takes you into this like, like a gray loop area where you go into and you have to go past a couple dry bones to go in another door that takes you back to the very beginning, right? So now my star's gone, mm. but I don't know that that middle one's going to hit me yet. So I just run again lose my tanuki and i'm like oh. Fuck! <laughs> like a brutal uh, brutal little thing so you have to know that uh really to yeah. get through that most efficiently i suppose so yeah i'm small by the time i get through that climb up and down past the spinny roto disc things which is the major the next major set piece right so there's like yeah. three of them that you have to go climb up past and they're so close together you got to like time them together as opposed to just stand and alone you, time and them. you said you were small at this point right mm -hmm. so you didn't do the jump over the the one up to get through the wall. Didn't I didn't. I didn't even know that one up was there. Oh, okay. yeah, I, I never got that one up. But yeah, I saw that in the strategy guide that you can just go through the wall there to skip that, which is well to skip the part down. It's in the, yeah. at the top, so you have to do. The you assignment. ideally want to be big, but if you happen to be small, hey, why go? Yeah, it's a nice, nice yeah. perk. Yeah. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't clock that till after I beat it. So then you go into you come through that. So I'm still the first time you know through. I haven't. I'm I'm alive. I haven't died yet. Uh, so I'm still playing my first time. I have no repeat stuff here yet. So I get through that come down into the donut platform lava area uh, as small Mario. And I mean, the donut, you're dying. Like, there's just no way you're not dying on that the first time. So I die there, of course. So I come back with another Tanuki star combo platter. And this time I'm able to not have to do the loop. So I have the star gets me through. So I'm Tanuki going through all that. I come down through that rotodisc area and I'm able to, there's room enough to fly out of that. So you can fly through that whole donut shit. And the cool part about that is you inherently end up in the top right corner where you need to be, where, where you, you maybe be. may not think to fucking go. So yeah, like I went up there and there, I didn't quite have enough flight shit to get to the hall. But you can tell that they accounted for this in design because the level below it where you can see that door it has a gap to go down for allow you to do a loop, but it's, it has a donut tile. So yeah. 
if that donut thing wasn't there, you wouldn't be able to get enough pee stuff to fly up and, and go in the door, you know? So they thought of, this is all thought of an intelligent design. So yeah, so I fly up there, go through that. And that goes into another room of Bowser statues that are, are keeping an eye on some ornate palace flooring, uh, where the, in here, the Bowser fireball start, which is a, a, a beautiful little nostalgia nod to the lead up to Bowser in any of the castles in Super Mario Brothers 1. Mm-hmm. Super fun there. Like same sound effect even, you know, which you don't realize that that you remember that until you hear it, you know, but it is the exact same sound effect, which is really cool. Oh yeah. Hammer's home nostalgia shit. And then it's just a few screens worth of donut over lava platforming while you're dealing with those fireballs coming at you and you hit a door that takes you into the Bowser King of the Koopa boss battle arena. So yeah, so it's not really terribly hard to get here, I would say, you know? Yeah. You just uh, got again. to know where to go and not die along the way. <laughs> correct, correct, correct. So once you hit center, you go to, you come in that door, and, and once you hit center mass on the arena, an original music cue fires up. It is all black sky in here, indestructible gray blocks from a hollowed out pit area that is filled with orange brick blocks that beckon to be broken. And there is a rusty steel door off to the far right, and Bowser drops down right in front of it as soon as the music kicks in and begins popping off those fireballs of his immediately. And these fireballs can travel at an angle, up or down, before leveling off and flying across the screen horizontally. And he'll do one to three of those. Uh, I think I saw as many as three in one sequence, or one burst, rather. Hmm. And then he'll leap up high into the air, quite spryly, I would say, for given his heft, <laughs> and then he comes slamming down right on top of you. So he'll fly up in the air and go right above you, and he can piggyback that jump like right after, fi- or rather right off of after firing the last of his fireballs, whichever one he's going to do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so that means you have to like dodge that as you're jumping out from beneath him, which is really the, the core difficulty mechanic of this battle. Uh, but that's really it. I mean, he doesn't have. There's not a lot going on with this battle. There's no multiple phases or anything. It's all. It's all one kind of deal. Uh, he is invulnerable to anything you would could or would try to do to him with a tail swipe or anything. So it's all about getting him to pound through those breakable bricks and fall to his death. Right. And like, I've never played this level, but I've seen fleeting moments. Like I've never watched a full battle either. I've never like sought out into this game because I knew that I wanted one day to beat it, you know? So I've just, even before I had, you know, like at some point that became a conscious decision in my life where like, I want to feel these things firsthand. So now there is like a deliberate effort on my behalf accompanying this podcast quest of sorts to avoid this information and like experience it as it should be as much as I can for the first time when I'm playing them. But at some point in my life, that wasn't the case. I didn't know that I had that mission, you know, but there's always been like, for some reason or another, I've never bothered to look up or even like engage some random content that comes along my feeds, you know, to see this battle. So I I was going to say, did you know you could, did you know that? I mean, you know, like I said, those, those bricks beckon you to, break them so like there's i knew that it had something to do with that you know but i didn't know exactly how to catalyze him you know i had a pretty good idea that i mean i know those bricks are indestructible or the the blocks are indestructible the blue white ones so i know i'm gonna have to get him to go through that middle 
spot where you know it's it's basically two Bowser sprites wide. So you really only have four bricks worth, and there's three levels, three um, layers, I guess, of bricks to go through. So you got to get them to go through two bricks wide of three levels in the middle of the screen to get them to fall. You know. Um, but yeah, I had some inkling to do that, but I didn't know exactly how to enact the plan for sure. I had to kind of feel it out, you know. So yeah, it took me maybe four or five tries to pull this okay. off, I think. Okay. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah, the, the pro player tactic is to stand right in front of him. So his pound down happens right there in that middle area from, you know, square one. And that's uh, complicated by his fireballs, of course. I mean, you do, like, you have to time that perfectly. He does have a tell. He, like, kicks his head back. As he's about to spit them. So you get a tell, but it's a pretty quick sequence. So even if you can read and react to that tell, it's still not easy, you know, I would say, um, without like an incredible amount of patterned experience doing this. Um, Anyways, do you have any, so, you know, like I said, I don't, I'm feeling it out. Like what, what are your advanced tips and tricks for this battle? Well, if you can make it through with a hammer brother suit, you can just kill him with a Hammer Brother suit. Can you really? I didn't even think of that. That's wild. That's but really you have cool. to make it through the whole level to do it. It's not. Diff- it's not easy to do. Like yeah, that, you know what that, I mean? that lava portion would. Yeah, that would suck yeah. for sure. That's so I don't even. Sure. I don't even consider that like an option because I never, never try to do that. But yeah, it's like you said. And, and I'm assuming of, you can't p wing a Hammer Bro suit. I didn't fence test that. <laughs> that would be That's crazy. an interesting idea, right? <laughs> that would be crazy. But yeah, you're right, man. Just stand in front of him trying to get him to to drop through the middle because I've gotten caught before and he's like broken through like on the plane, Oh, yeah. He, you yeah, know, I, on the side. And it's like, my first couple oh, battles, yeah. Not. I mean, I, I definitely had that. Because yeah, you don't, you know. Yeah, I first got in here and like, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit like, oh, fuck. Like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, got to buckle down. I'm like, okay, let's yeah. do this. You know, and like, you know, you're not, it's tough to register everything. You're still trying to feel out exactly what, you don't even know what his full movement set is. You know, you're kind of waiting yeah. for the other shoe to drop and something else to happen. So you're not able to maybe whatever. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, so that, that's, yeah, I was able to eventually discern that. And that's pretty much how I made it happen. Uh, it's a great boss battle. Not, I wouldn't by any length put it in the tough enough to be like Castlevania Dracula shit or anything like that. Right. But it's certainly not easy. And 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 I would say like given the younger skewing target market for this game, I think it's the appropriate amount of difficulty, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Especially when you consider the run up to the boss and all that you have to get through to kind of get here, yeah. you know, with the flying ships and all that kind of stuff just to get here. It's like, oh, finally. And even even the castle, like, it seems easy to me now, but I definitely remember the first time coming through as a kid, like, dying so many times trying to get through, getting zapped, trying to get make sure I'm big enough to make it all the way through the platforming just to get to the end and not wanting to get to Bowser small. Yeah, I mean, I can't. If oh. I wouldn't have noticed that flying ability through that lava shit, like, I don't even know how many times I would have been. You know, those donut <laughs> blocks suck, you know? And they're like, it's all, it's like the small donut platforms, like just yeah, one or two bricks. single almost. one. Yep. Yeah, it's really difficult. Really tough shit. But yeah, otherwise, beating this is just like such a great feeling. I was like, finally, yeah. yeah. I, def- I mean, I definitely, you know, again, I'm waiting for those shoot up. I don't, I haven't watched it. I don't know if there's like another phase or whatever, you know. So yeah, he mm-hmm. breaks the bricks on that third row and he falls through. There's not really much any visual. T- that's the thing too. It doesn't have, like the screen doesn't flash or anything, you know. Like yeah. it, he falls through and off the screen and you get a new music cue. That uh, unfortunately, G. Belair didn't have it in his in the library for the soundtrack. Uh, but you get a new music cue that you haven't heard there. It's kind of like a little bit of a like a not like a, a I don't know. It's 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 a it's kind of close to the like the timer count off for points at the end of a lever uh, level. It's like a little bit like that, but a a little fuller, less tinny of a sound. Whatever the case, 
you get a little, you get a new music tune, and then you can hear him land far down below. You know, you can hear the the the, the slam and the screen shakes a little bit. So that's the only cue you get to suggest. You don't get to see him down that's there. Or anything, you know, yeah. yeah. So that happens, and then the same little victory tune that plays when you beat any of the his tots rips in, and the steel door uh, opens, revealing an epilepsy-inducing flashing space there where the door was. And fun fact, I thought defense test this, save scum, of course, before doing it, but you can jump in that hole and die. And so, what? Yeah, so you, how much of a fucking bummer would that be? Oh, <laughs> Just accidentally fall worst. down that. Yeah, that would be absolutely brutal. If you don't do that, though, and go into the epilepsy, epilepsy void, the screen fades to a mushroom house structure with a pink design hue to it, and Princess Toadstool is waiting in there for you, and you come through the door on the left, and she's over on the right, and they run up to each other, meet in the middle, and a dialogue box pops up with very slowly appearing text that reads, thank you, but our princess is in another castle, dot, 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 just kidding, ha, 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 bye-bye, which I somehow have never known that she says there. Really? Yes. Uh, I did great. not know that they played on that joke. So that's so fun and self-aware of them to have realized that all the way back then. That's, of course, a joke I've heard many times now. But I never I, – I, it, it, it's funny because it reframes the whole – all the memes, you know. It's like yeah. I didn't I – didn't, I thought it was just – because it, it's funny enough just being the toads in one telling you that. Like you don't need the fucking princess throwing it at you as a joke in three <laughs> for, that to be, for that to be good and make sense. Uh, it is also, I would say – like, what she says there, it's kind of weird behavior if you think about it practically, given what Mario just endured, that she's, like, making a joke like that, you know? Like, he, I don't know, it, go, it, it goes yeah. with that bizarrely frigid letter writing syntax, you know? I don't know, she's just not warm enough, I don't think, for what you're doing. It's definitely a, a meta game joke and not really meant to be thought yeah. of as the princess. Story, story world, yeah. I yeah. Guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no kiss even. You don't even get a little heart or anything. No. Flying <laughs> up, you know? The screen fades to the theater from the opening title sequence as the red curtain comes slowly down and it stays down a short beat before ripping back up as the end credit music does the same. This music track is an absolute banger. I love this. is fucking really, really good 8-bit chiptune music. It's so fucking good. The cinematic that they start here takes you through what is kind of weird. There's no developer credits at all here of any kind. It's just a slideshow of each of the eight worlds in the game. And I can't remember if one or two... I think two. Didn't the end credits for two have credits? Is you like that Mario sleeping shit? There were, there were developer credits for that, I think. I at least think, at least a handful. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember for sure, but it seemed weird to me there were none. But yeah, they take you to the slideshow of the eight worlds of the game, and it'll show you like the map screen as kind of like a portrait on the wall, and then there's like some scrawlings on the wall of Mario and some choice enemies mid-action scene from the world as well, uh, and it goes through each of the eight, and they the world names are different. This is what I was mentioning ever like yeah. when we first started this episode. The world names in here are different than either the manual or the strategy guide. So they just can't get their fucking their lore straight for this game. Like World 3 is called Ocean's Oceanside. Yeah. Four, I like that. four is called it's Big different. Island. Yeah, no, yeah, I think the ones here are all the best versions, the most oh, creative sure. versions of any between any of the I guess the accompanying literature that they have for the game. So I'm just interesting that it's not uniform. 
perfect example of like why I said I wouldn't want to be a writer for the movies. Like, they don't know what it is. You know? <laughs> Even within one game, they don't have it straight. <laughs> Let alone yeah. 30 years of how many titles. After World 8, a dope mural of Bowser and Mario going at it, framing the map shot of the castle. It cuts to the curtain coming down, and the end appears in big blue letters as the this slick music track just keeps rolling on for eternity. And fun closing note to the strategy guide, they put a two-page subscribe-to-our-shit ad in here after the, the end of the game stuff. And it has the rad pitch kid here is holding up my first issue, the March-April 90 issue with Mario 3 on the cover, of course. And the swag they're offering here is a couple of NES journaling books. I don't know if you clocked this at the end of the strategy guide. These are fucking cool, and I did not know they exist. So they they have two like levels to subs- uh, subscription renewal. A one-year subscription renewal gets you what they're calling a Gamekeeper Info File. And this is a pamphlet-sized book with a neon blue cover adorned with an illustration of a kid's face on a CRT with Nintendo written atop of it. And I looked these up, and this is a the this blue one is a scorekeeping log. So it's like each page has fields you can write in the game pack name, the date, the score keeping started, and then a bunch of lines where you can log data and a date field for when you beat the game. And they at the bottom have a little rating system that you can. Uh, they, they, it goes from lame to awesome is how they describe the numbers one one to four or five uh, for graphics challenge fun and play control so cool ass book you could have got and then the two year renewal gets you a player's mapping and data book and I mean you know, how bad do you think I want this Jay <laughs> so it's it has blank mapping grids on it and a section where you can log all your passwords for games you know and tell you like the, the the entry field say like you know allows you to put the password in and then it says like the the verbiage they use is where in the game this takes you you know so they don't even have like an exp- they don't really have like a real syntax to use it's i don't know kind of i don't know that's a weird w- wording to me but yeah very cool books and i have i keep looking on ebay to find these things and I've found a few of them, and they're relatively inexpensive, but I can't get the people to tell me whether they have no... Like, I want a blank one, you know? Mm. And I I can't tell if they're written in or not. Although, I also love when I get instruction manuals for when I order games that have shit written in them from the kids that originally own them. So, it might be its own kind of fun to get a written in one, but I think I want to get them and do my own, like, Zelda map and own Metroid map, and then I'm going to say that'll be a really fun little fucking art project, I think. Uh, so those are pretty fun if you want to look those up. So that's it for the one-player experience. We also did a couch co-op session yesterday and got almost to the end. Not quite. We played what? We did one, played all the way through that, got into two. You were like, fuck this. Let's let's go to four. And we realized and for, had forgotten that, yeah, that we yeah. could not. You have to go from one if you want to go to four because two, three, four is the warp whistle yeah. um, window for the on the top there on the warp screen. And yeah, so it, and we never even talked about that actually. The so it's yeah, you have three rows. There's two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then eight is a standalone one uh, on the bottom row for the warp screen. So yeah, we did all the way through one, warped out of two to straight. I think we decided seven because I was like, we don't want to do five or six, so we just go straight yeah. to seven. <laughs> played through most of seven, not quite to Ludwig, and then went into eight and got to that second airship. Yeah, uh, right before the final screen. Too. Yeah, and we did. You know, we didn't do a fucking kind of a. There's not really much to talk about that we already haven't covered, but we didn't really. We should. We did a bad job of. And we should have engaged the two-player aspect of it more. So yeah, that, you know? that's the thing. Like I, that's kind of what I was saying yesterday. Like the two-player experience. Like when it comes to that, like it's not really remarkable. Like it, unless you're like just battling with your siblings right. or whatever. Really trying to items. combat over who goes yeah. next. Yeah. 
unless or, somebody's really or like, take no, their I cards, you know. Yeah, you know? and even to I, do that, you really want to be. I don't. know, You have to be like. You have to really hate the motherfucker you're playing with, you know. At least to some, like the sibling yeah. level of, of rivalry has to be high to want to make it harder for either of you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Otherwise, that just takes makes it more difficult. Right. Yeah. Fun, so yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, like they are. I don't. And I don't. You know. I'm not sitting here 30 years after the fact with with a better idea or anything. But yeah. That that kind of that was one aspect of the game. I suppose that fell a little flat. That they didn't really have. There wasn't some level of incentive to better engage that, you know, or more with more incentive to engage it, I should say. Yeah. I think that's why I like the the later ones like Super Mario 3D World and stuff, which are basically like this, but like upgraded and stuff for the Switch and everything, where the players are playing together or just, it's more, there's no incentive. I don't, I don't really want to battle with the person I'm playing with. You know what I mean? Like I want to cooperatively go do this, which is always more fun to me. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, they, this was a different time, man. They didn't even know yeah. what the fuck, you know. That's, that's, they know just, that couldn't even be done back at the time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, they didn't even. You know, they didn't. Even, they even. You know, there's no like. There's no game before this that's even trying to do that. That like allows you yeah. kind of agency over whether you you make it cooperative or combative. Like you know, the idea that they were trying to like they're doing so much new shit here. You know, they're just that's another thing that they try and one of the few that fell flat. So, no criticisms warranted there, I suppose. <laughs> Eight map theme bringing us into the blessing. Is there even a discussion here? No, yeah, it's a masterpiece. I mean, what of, of course. Like, yeah. I know that. You know that. We all know that. Uh, Mike Tyson's punch out is better, obviously, <sighs> but it's but it's a fucking masterpiece. <laughs> uh, just let that go. I mean, it's, I guess well, so, to give it some level of discussion here, like, what are the games that we've done for Nintendo to date that are even in the pantheon with it? Like, yes, yes, Mike Tyson's punch out. I would put Mar- I like Mario two more s- still. I think what there's no- oh yeah we'll definitely disagree on that. I- Mario two is nowhere near as good as this to me. I I just I think I just think it's so there's there's a n- I mean yes there, you know I don't know I, it's it's a, kind of apples and oranges I guess they're just both great in their own way maybe is a better way to put it because there's just so much that's different in two. I just love how unique it is and I think that's what makes it ring a little more this shine a little bit more to me you know because mario 3 like yes i mean i raved about all the unique little nuances but there is still a lot of like one there there's still some i don't know it's like the first real successor to to, to right exactly yeah Yeah. two is just like over there where the the fuck did that come from you know and there's a reason for that but at the kids we didn't know that and that and that shouldn't detract from what the game is even if there's like some dumb reason for it to be so different um so, Don't yeah. get me wrong, two is great and all, but three just has a special place in my heart, in my childhood. It's just, you know, yeah, it's up there. Yeah, I mean, I would probably put Shadow of the Ninja up here with it. But yeah, there's not, there's not uh, a lot of fucking games that are fucking even close to it, which, you know, I suppose we knew going into it. So, I'm glad to have this checked off. I told you, fucking dude, I doing this. With the side quest of Dragon Warrior 2 going on as well. Like, too much, man. Too, too bad. Much. Terrible decision to pack all that <laughs> into the same time period. I can, I'm so happy that we are turning our attention to a, just a magazine Normal episode. Magazine. And just, yes. like, just fucking going to be able to casually go through that and, 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 and take it easy. Because these are just fucking epic undertakings, both of them, to be doing simultaneously. Okay. 
So yes, that brings us to next up, we are doing Nintendo Power issue 18. And you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provider, whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on that podcast platform of choice or any other for that matter. The website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. Follow the pod on Facebook and or Instagram. A link to the YouTube gameplay videos playlist will be in the show notes. There's the ISOH subreddit if you want to get down with us on Reddit instead of uh, those more mainstream platforms. <laughs> and we don't have a Patreon, but if you like giving money to things podcasters tell you to, like do so in our direction the able gamers foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities and that is cool as fuck ablegamers.org is where you can find them t-shirts are on the website they're dope and proceeds on those after pot expenses go to able gamers jay what are your socials gentleman jb without the second e uh when i post it's generally on facebook just for the for the page and you know sometimes some instagram stuff but otherwise that's my gamer tag let's come let's play some diablo or whatever else i'm getting into Okay, I am on Instagram. My shift key is broke. I'm on Twitter at Josh Fallen. My Oculus tag is my shift key is broke. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.